Welcome to episode 323 of Texting, hosted by myself, Jason. Welcome to episode 323 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. On today's show, we are in Jason's Batcave, and I am sitting with a broken, hallucinating Jason. Wow, Jason, how are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, I think you got it right. I do feel broken. I am hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took um, two Percocets this morning. Okay. I thought like a painkiller, and normally I was just taking one, but I woke up and I was kind of in a bit of pain, so... I said, all right, well, I'll take two, which is what the doctor, you know, said you can take one or two, and I'm feeling a little, a little lightheaded. Wow. I mean, I think you're sitting in front of me, How but long ago I can't did you take sure. them? I don't know. We just for about an hour ago, 45 minutes ago. Do I look like a beautiful blonde? Well, you always look like that to me. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so like why, why are you taking painkillers? Pain like, what's going on? Well, because I had um, elbow surgery on Thursday morning, so two days ago. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I, as I've talked about on the show, I, I developed, uh, some tendinosis in my left elbow and, uh, I, you know, we tried everything. We tried the cortisone and the rehab, cortisone shots, rehab, the PRP or what's it, the platelet rich plasma injection. Um, but nothing really worked or nothing, nothing worked, uh, at all. And, um, so finally I, you know, the only last option was to get what's called a, um, a debridement so they go on and they scrape off the scar tissue from the uh, tendon okay so um <sighs> yeah it was hold on one second i'm sorry if it just that feels painful in my mind just hearing you describe it yeah it's um wasn't the best experience no so here's the thing though the uh, the surgery is just you know typical kind of well i mean it was it's a kind of it was you know it's like a orthopedic surgery where you know you go on you get you put under general anesthetic and they go and they do their thing and you wake up and you're in pain and you know all bandaged up and all that but what really sucked is um they gave me a nerve block um which was um you know so basically turns off the nerves from working so you don't feel any pain and the reason they did that is because you know when i came out of general anesthesia and the nurses over me and they have the pain uh, medication going through the IV and she's asking my pain level. And I was, you know, saying, well, you know, it's like an eight or a seven or whatever. And it wasn't, the pain medication wasn't working as well as they uh, wanted yeah. it to. They said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and give you a nerve block. And wow. I didn't really quite understand at the time what they were, what they meant by that. Cause I was again, yeah. sort of still half out of it. Well, what, what happens is that when the nerves turn off, not only can you not feel anything, but you can't move anything. Oh. So do you know the feeling when you like maybe sleep on your arm the wrong way and you wake up and your arm's completely dead asleep? Yeah. And it's that horrible feeling. Oh my God. And you, and it takes, but usually that only lasts in the worst case, two or three minutes before your arm kind of wakes That's up. That's right. You, know, you yeah, can move yeah. around hip at that, for that moment. You're, you're just like, ah, you know, and it, it's really, um, something about it, it's like this suffocating feeling. Yeah. And you can't move. It's like that feeling of paralysis. It is. It's just, and, um, I had that for 24 hours. Oh my God. And it wow. was, you know, my elbow, my wrist, you know, my fingers, I couldn't move them, but I felt like I wanted to and not being able to do that was, was for the, it was torture. It was like the worst 24 hours of my life. I can't tell you how awful it was. I mean, it was, so was that, so it would have been worth the pain to not have that. Oh yeah. 
if they had told me, they said, listen, you know, Jason, it, we can put this, you know, nerve, here's what's going to happen if we give it this nerve block, or you can, you know, you can, it's going to be more painful. I'd been like, give me the pain any day. I'll, I'll, I've done that before. Wow. So that just sucked. I, I, so as a result, um, I couldn't sleep at all either. So, you know, you can't sleep through that. You know, Sandy, Sandy kept saying, well, you'll be fine. Just go to sleep. You wake up. And I'm like, how do you, what makes you think I can fall asleep like this? You know, I, there's no way. So I just, uh, you know, stayed up all night just watching uh, Investigation Discovery, <laughs> like this, you know, Homicide Hunter and that kind of stuff. Because it's like, I need something that's can uh, keep my attention. So I was playing, I was playing like Hex on my phone <laughs> and watching it. Like anything that could take my mind off, off it. Off that feeling. feeling of, for, yeah. You know, and I, it really didn't work, but if I could reduce it just the tiniest bit. My gosh. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your fingers in your bandaged arm and I'm seeing them sort of moving a lot. And, yeah, and I can, um, and well, they're like, we're free, we're free. Well, I'm a fidgeter anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sandy's yeah. always complaining about how much I, you know, I have to move around and, so this idea of being trapped for me is even probably worse than a normal person. Yeah, I can believe it. I, yeah. remember, I remember when Colby was a baby and they brought, we first brought him home from the hospital and the, um, and the, the doctors or nurses, their, their sort of recommendation is like, well, when you know, the, the newborn <laughs> is sort of fussy, just swaddle them. Yeah, which and, is basically trap them so they can't move. And he would, he would flip out. And I was like, that, I was looking at him like, that looks like hell. What, 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 why is that, that, that I would freak out if he did that. And so I said, if he's anything like me, that's not going to work. Just don't swallow him. And then of course she stopped swallowing and he was fine. And then he, Colby's then he a fidget, was Because Colby's a fidgeter like me. Like if he sits next to <laughs> From me. From the moment he was born. I could tell, I was like, that's <laughs> stupid. I mean, that's, or at least, you know, for him, that if he's like me, that's going to be stupid. So when we were, um, you know, he's still like this. If he sits next to me on the couch and we're watching a movie or something, he'll start playing with my fingers or my, he'll be like, Doing all stuff, I'm like, dude, leave my finger alone. You know, he'll grab my hand. I'll start doing something, like, you know. And he's, yeah, you know, the same thing with Sandy. He's just, he's a, he's so funny. Um, That's hilarious. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's um, it's gonna be like a week. You know, it's in a big. My whole arm's in this sort of like brace cast thing, and um, it's you know, quite hurts quite a bit, but. You know, I think this will be off in a week, and then it's like three months of rehab, and then I should be all, all right. better in theory. Anyway, in theory, well, I I wish you luck. You know, but I mean. Well, uh, in the actoring <laughs> profession, they say break a leg, but I think it's probably, it's not, it's not bad luck to say, to wish you luck. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, um, to, the, the hard part, the hardest thing to do though, is like take a shower when you have one hand. Oh my God. Like, how do you wash? I, my, my, Let, my, don't, don't, let's not get into the details. No, like, it. how do you wash your arm that, that's not hurt? <laughs> okay. You can't yeah. wash it. Like, how do yeah, you, you can't. well, you could wash it with your feet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do I? <laughs> So you had to. I have to put like a bag, like a like over the over the cast thing, and put band and uh, put like um, yeah, rubber yeah. bands on it. And then I was like, okay, so that won't get wet. But how do I actually wash my right hand, right arm? All right. Anyway, um, the answer is you kind of don't. You just hope the water Sandy falls. to do it. She's gone. Well, uh, she called me this morning, and she was make, she wanted to make sure I was awake for uh, for you when you came here for the show. And I was like, yeah, but I take a shower. And she's like, well, you just you know put the i'm like let's talk all right let's talk a little bit more about um how your headspace is right now and the hallucinations you've been telling me about yeah i mean i'm obviously i'm not really hallucinating but i feel lightheaded and a little like so, so how long ago did you take this batch of percocet what time is it now it's uh i guess uh 11 30 i think i did it at uh, 10 15 okay so that's pretty recent yeah so i'm yeah. just a little 
but I mean, I'm I'm fine. It's just okay, you know. Okay. So um, all right. Anyway, let's uh let's talk about. So you have a secret project. Yes. You have a secret. I have a secret project, and I I'm not ready to reveal what the project is or how it works, but I I am certainly ready to talk about certain aspects of it, and I do have an interesting aspect to talk about, which is um. Georgie. Um, okay. So I did, you know, I did the usual, like, this is, this is, this, this is going to change this the is, world. This is going to, this is going to really make a difference to our life. Like we're going to, I think, this I think is, she's heard this, see this movie about seven <laughs> times or 10 I think times this, at this you point. Know, we're, this is, we're going to become, I think we're going to, we're going to get to a point of freedom where it's like Jason, where we, we don't have to work for anyone else. We can be our own person on the back of this it's not project. fuck you money but it's fuck it money yeah basically right <laughs> like we, we, we're going to be our own bosses we're going to be free you know well yeah because i mean you that's one thing i always tease you about because you get so excited about something and you and you can't contain your optimism and you're like mm -hmm. this is gonna be and i'm like justin yeah. take it easy take it easy just you know like keep it inside but you, you well, have a hard but also part of it is like getting a, you know a few extra hours to work on it because you know we do we we share childcare and we don't have any any childcareers um it's just us so you know 50% of my life is like watching jack yeah so i'm trying to convince her look this really this, if there was ever a time where you took a little bit more of that you know pressure it should be now like i should be working on this because the sooner i can yeah. get this out the sooner we're going to we're actually going to really get the life that we've been wanting mhm mm and um she was like okay Okay, but but if this one doesn't work, I want you to commit to being a entrepreneur. Wow, <laughs> wow, all or nothing on yeah, this. Yeah, all oh. or nothing. So I I thought about that, and I'm like, okay. And she's said that to me every time, and I've always said no. But so she doesn't want she doesn't like you doing the entrepreneurial thing. Yeah, she doesn't like it. She, she, she the reason why she doesn't like it is she's like. You should be doing contracts. You could be earning a fortune doing contracts. Just like go and work for people and get loads of money that way. Right. You know, that's that's a sure thing. Like mm -hmm. every one of these is we we don't know. But um, at this point, I mean, I've I've scanned over four thousand ideas in Nugget. I've written a training course to teach people how to make money online. I have, um, you know put a lot of thought and spoken to a lot of people. And I think, I, th I really think that this one could be good. Okay. So I said, okay, I'll, and I'm, I mean it. If, if this one doesn't work, that's it. I'm done. I'll just go, I'll go vocational. I'll become an entrepreneur. Wow. I, I think you paid a high price for that for extra four hours a week or whatever. How but many it's, hours? It's good because it kind of get, puts a gun to your head. Like it's, it's, it's an extra motivation. Yeah. Wow. I mean, well, like I, you know, I, I've, I like the idea from the first time you explained it to me and you demoed your, you know, your little prototype. I was thought, I thought it was cool. Um, you know, but it's like a lot of things you never know for sure until you try and get out there. I mean, here's what I think. I think if you, if you really work um, to, on the marketing side and the customer development side, you can even make a mediocre idea successful. Yeah. Not super successful. I mean, I think, I think, um, I think Derek Severs had something about that. It was like, you know, multiplier. Yeah. It's just the, you know, the, the quality of the idea is just a force multiplier, yeah. you know, like you can have a crappy idea, but if you hustle and you know, you, you can make a, a good living doing that. That's and right. 
I think the thing I like about this particular project for you is that it's the kind of stuff you like to do. I mean, it's so much fits how, you know, the kind of stuff you like to build, this kind of stuff you think is fun to work on. It's, uh, it doesn't involve, say, hiring tons of other people. Um, I mean, it just has all the right elements where I can see you really leaning into this for a number of years and not getting bored of it. Right, exactly. It's, it's much, it, yeah, it, it's sort of, it's just, a, it's just a, an all round fit. But also, yeah, it's sort of like there's, there's idea entrepreneur fit, right? Product, fa- yeah, product, yeah, fa- product, product founder, founder fit. fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. But, um, but it's not just that. I mean, it is, it's good. You, are you okay there? I'm okay. I'm just, I, I think that, I don't know if it's a Percocet or whatever, something made me really hot. So I'm holding, I'm holding some ice to my head. Okay. Or an ice pack to my head. I'm fine. I'm just right. cooling off. Um, but it, it is, it is a novel. It's something novel that, that, that I haven't seen before, that we haven't seen before. And, um, to the point where I have um, patented it. Do you say patented or patent? I say patent. I used to tease you when you would say patent because I'm like, what the hell's a patent? Yeah, pa- patent is the is way we say it in the UK, but I think I'm gradually learning to say patent. Well, I yeah. mean, patent's fine. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think nobody's going to be confused what you're talking about, I don't think. But, but, uh, but at least you, well, I see you've started the patent process yeah, because it's yeah. a patent process is year to year. It takes, right? it does take a while, but, but basically how does it work? It's now, it's now, um, well, so you can go for a full, a full patent straight away, or you can go for a provisional patent. Right. So if you go for a provisional patent, you write up and describe how the whole thing works. And then you, you register that as a provisional patent and, um, you, you have a year to sort of make it make a decision on whether you're going to go for the full thing. And it still takes longer for them to review and approve. Oh, yeah. And all that, right? full thing, yeah, yeah. It, How many years does it take? You uh, no, you should. I think you can get it done in a year. Really? Yeah, okay. I think you can get it done in a year. It's really just about the quality of the patent attorneys and how good they are arguing the case. How expensive is the process? Well, um, depending on where, you, where you're starting, if you're starting at the provisional level, well, it, well first of all, it's, it's like anything. It depends on whether you're going to do it yourself or whether it's the lawyers who are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to do it yourself, then the only fees are paying government costs. Which is not very much. Which is like a couple of hundred bucks, I think, for the provisional. So what are you doing and what are you paying for? Uh, I paid... Uh, I I didn't want to do it that way because, because of the specific idea of it. I wanted to work with people, with lawyers, who knew how to, so- how to patent software and who'd been doing it. So course, right. work, I've been working with a company called Lewis Rocker, who do most of the patents for Caltech. Okay. And um, even though it's provisional, I've sort of been talking with those guys. Now, obviously, they're, they're kind of expensive. <laughs> so I am writing it myself. I have written the whole thing myself, but under their guidance. guidance. Under their guidance. So do they give you like a template or just a, gui- a not, guide? Not like here's really. A te- not, here's a guide for here's what it needs to include and here's what you, what you need to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of. Um, but but I think really it's just it's just the same as writing really good technical documentation. Basically, the it the things that it ha- that it has to meet the, the the bar that it has to meet is if someone who is practiced in the art can recreate it based off what it says, then that's that's good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. So basically, I just treated it like okay, I, I'm a I'm a CTO. Like just if I was describing a company, you know, like yeah. how how it all worked. And I showed it to you and you sort of saw it and it just looks like regular technical documentation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, working with them that way, it's cost uh, three and a half thousand. 
Okay. That get, doesn't sound very much. I mean, yeah. lawyers, I mean, you, you have an hour phone call and it costs, it can cost like $700. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like you know. 500 an hour kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so, so, I mean, that's not much. Yeah. So, but, but, but the, the actual patent is going to cost, you know, 25 grand. Why? Well, because then they really, they are really doing the work. What are they doing? Because you, because if you're, okay, if you write the, the whole do, uh, patent, if you create the patent yourself, write the patent yourself, and then you submit it, what are they doing? Well, then because the, because the, it's less strict and stringent on on the formatting and how it's how the word the the verbiage um, for the provisional okay. uh, because provisional is sort of set up where anyone can kind of do I it. I see. I see. But then when when it actually comes to a patent, to, that's a formal legal to, document. To actually win win it, it has to be written well, and also it never gets one that's always back and forth. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and so, so it's 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 not twenty five grand just for the, it's it that's sort of like. Because it's going to take like eight rounds of back and forth and, you know, and, and discussion and reworking it. And, yeah. So that's, that's how. So, it. right. So there's the provisionals and informal document yeah. and the, uh, the actual document application itself is a formal legal document that has to mm -hmm. be legally defensible and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I get it. So um, this will buy you a year. The provisional basically it'll get, it'll get me a year uh, you know and and hopefully within that year i'll i'll be That's earning income enough. and revenue yeah. so then well so if it goes towards the end of the year and for whatever reason you just think this is just not going to work at all you could always pull the plug yeah or you just don't need to do any further yeah okay. but but why get a patent in the first place which is something that, that we've, was we've my had, next question. yeah basically because we think and you know i've always thought there is there's no point i mean you know elon musk writes i don't Make right. patents because it just shows people how to make, make you know. Well, for <laughs> shows for, people how to make it. <laughs> for uh, Elon, it was it's more about um, you know he's competing against nation states and right. you know China in particular, and China's known for just you know raiding, right? You know people's patents and just not you know without any uh, um, any repercussions, you know, because it's like if you're if he's competing if, if he's competing against either the Chinese government or the China or some Chinese company that's backed by the government and they describe how they do everything and all these public patents and China comes by and says, Oh, they just build their rockets based on that. Well, what the hell are we going to do? What the hell is SpaceX going to do? Right. Yeah, or, or, exactly. Or whatever. So yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that's what he actually talked about. But, that, so, so, but that's, sort that's of, different. Yeah, it's different. You don't have to worry about, you know, the Chinese government. But so, <laughs> but so after, so, so you said to me, you know, why are you going to get a patent? Are you going to like, go and sue people and like spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars chasing up the, the patent thing. Yeah, because my feeling has always been, and I'll, you can have, I'm yeah. curious to hear your thoughts, is that, um, you know, patents is only is only worth as much, is only worth what you're willing to do to defend it. And in other words, it's really dependent on you having the money to defend it. Yeah. You know, and if you don't, um, then you're kind of... I think that's a very valid point. And... Um, I was on the verge of not doing patent, especially after speaking to the guy, the the, the, the guys at Lewis Rocker. Who, the original patent attorney you spoke to. Well, no, the second patent attorney. So I've spoken to two because I okay. want because I wanted to double because when I spoke to the original patent attorney, he's he he said he was retired and he said you should patent this. I've you know in twenty years I've never seen something that is that is this obviously monetizable. That's a novel new idea that hasn't okay. been done before, and I think you should patent this. So I wanted to get a second opinion, and so that's. But of course, I think, but he, he almost had more of a reason not to sort of sell me a line because he was retired. You know, yeah. He's a retired pantone. Yeah. Um, but the reason- I happened to talk to him if he was retired? What, what, what was ah, it? I found him through Clarity. 
Okay. So he's basically a pattern and he, he was like five-star reviews. The spoken clarity to, was started spoken by... Spoken to 100 plus people, Dan Martell. Dan Martell. It was sort of an any food type of thing, but it was by the minute. Expert yeah. advice by the minute. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So why did you get into patent? That's the whole thing. Okay, yeah. So the reason, the reason is, well, so I, when I spoke to Lewis Rocker, the, the attorneys there, they said you one way that you could... I said, look, I, I don't want other people to patent this. Is there, a, is there a way that I could not patent it and, and other people not patent? And he said, and they said, yeah, um, you can write a research paper about it. Because that's what, you know, IBM do. They release research, internal research papers, which creates prior art, which makes it unpatentable. Right. You know, so that was something. But what they, they did tell me one thing that I thought, wait, that is a good reason to do this. And that is... Basically, it is an exponential multiplier of the value of your company if you actually have the IP. So let's say I, because I think, I believe that this is going to start a new product category in the same way okay. that when, when Peldi uh, came out with Balsamic mock-ups, yeah. that was the first mock-up tool like that. Then he created, basically, he gave birth to a whole product category. Do you think if he had patented, patented it, he would have been able to... I don't know. Sell the company for a lot more money. Or I think something? so, right? I, I don't know if you could have patented it. I don't know if you could patent that. I don't right. know, but I do know that you. I, I do think you could patent this. The company's still around. How are they doing? Oh, they. I think they're doing great, but 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 they're not doing anywhere near as good as as the industry. Right, because there are a lot of competitors. That do like, really there's good stuff. so many competitors in the space, and the industry is. I mean, I don't know. It's a billion dollar industry. I mean, well, you started out using. Mockups. Yeah. You were one of the first power users, right? You were one of his first early users, right? I I loved mockups. I thought it was great. How, how, but I've moved off mockups now to to the to the website mockups. M O Q. No wait, it's I. It is. It's with a Q as well. Mockups.com. But that is an amazing piece of software. That's all HTML5 versus the Flash stuff. That, but what was uh, it called? It was called Adobe. What was that uh, thing? Oh, uh, balsamic mockups. No, 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 no. What was the? It was the Adobe product where it was like an installed. What's the? What's the platform? Flash. The, now, but something else. When you build Flash, Flex, as Flash. And you build Flash as like a installable just desktop Flash. software. I thought there was something else they call yeah. it something. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, um, but but anyway, so I'm just looking at what happened with with Peldi and and see the thing is I sort of feel like he doesn't actually care. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but my guess is. He's, so, he's such an artisanal, he's such an artisan type of guy. Like his company is very, it, you know, when you go to his website, it's almost like, you know, you're sitting in his house, you know, mm -hmm. with Beldy, right? Um, I think he probably doesn't care. I mean, I know that their company is doing many millions, you know, in revenue with the products that they've got. But I also sort of think it's, it's interesting that, you know, he created that whole, that whole product category and sort of doesn't, you know, can't claim it in any way. You know what I mean? So what, what, they, what they explained to me, what the Lois Rocker people explained to me is that if you actually hold the IP, maybe you introduce the category, but maybe you're not the person who goes ballistic with it and monetizes it and, to, and makes it crazy. Well, that's a great backup plan because they're going to want that. They're going to want that IP because any investors involved with them or whatever, you know, yeah. any legal with them, they will want that IP or alternatively. So that's okay. a great backup plan. Okay. So you create, a, you create a product category and you don't succeed, but someone else does. But then the second plan is if you do succeed and then someone wants to buy you, it's an exponential multiplier on the value of your company because I you've got it. the IP. You're not, it's not just the business execution, it's the IP. Yeah, too. yeah, I get it. That's I why I did it. it. And, you know, it's like, 
I mean, three and a half thousand doesn't yeah. seem too much to bring that kind well, of. So the whole, what, what, in our initial conversation about it, I went to lunch and you demoed this thing to me and you were looking to raise money. I've got to tell, I've really, no, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Okay, I, let me tell what this story. What the hell are you talking let about? Me of course tell this you story. were. No, 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 no. Let me tell this story. You were. Uh, That's not okay. how it went. That is not what happened. I, I, I booked a lunch with you and I said, I want to show you this product. I think that I might raise money for it. I want to get your advice on raising money for it. And, okay. you know, should, should I do it? I think I've got a couple of people who might put okay. some money into it. I want to see, do you think that I should raise money? You saw the product and you went, that's amazing. I want to put 25 grand in that. That's not quite <laughs> what I said. And then okay. the, I was like, holy shit. Now I really want to get investment because Jason believes in this even more than I do. Well, no, okay. Well, you, <laughs> I did think it was cool. And I said, yeah, I could invest. You're like, how much? And I said, well, I could, you know, maybe put in 25. I said, but yeah. And I, but then we're, you had already talked to a couple people. Yeah, but, but I, I, under, under the same proviso, not like I want you to invest in this, just like, I think that maybe, you know. But you had a whole plan. You were going to hire your buddy or some guy. I was, I had a, yeah, I was going to hire my, my a buddy, yeah. yeah. And so someone who I would trust to build it. And the reason is, is because I'm so busy. I've got a lot on my plate, a lot of stuff that I do. And so I just thought, you know, maybe I could um, work with someone and, and like have extra brain power on this at the same time as me. Now, admittedly, he was expensive, but it wasn't... It, it, it wasn't a decided thing that that's what I was going to do. But a lot of the, okay, fine, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. I think that's sort of uh, not, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So no, we're just... splitting hairs a little bit here. But here's the thing. <laughs> you were going to raise, part of the reason to raise money was for the patent, the price of all the patent. That was one of the things you wanted to raise money for. Partly was to pay this guy to work on a full time and part of it was for the patent. For the, for the patent, which I, which I didn't really understand that I could, I could right. get much cheaper. But here's the thing. Um, when I realized in a follow-up email from that that you wouldn't be working out full-time that someone else was, that's when I was like, you know what? I'd, uh, well, also, to be honest with you, I didn't really have the cash. We spent so much money on the house and all that kind of stuff and um, well, Math Academy. I was like, you know, I'm not sure I can really do that right now. But then here's the other thing, and, and this is I think this is really important, and this is what I wanted to say when you were done with the product. I was like, I would invest... I would be much more excited about investing in something you spent your full time uh, working on crafting the perfect product because you have a great skill set that will make the difference. I mean, you. I mean, every time you showed me what you had there, I was like, yeah, it was beautifully executed, gorgeous. I mean, it was slick. It was a well designed. The the um, the behaviors, everything was just extremely elegant, and you've done it relatively quickly. So it's like, I don't believe in you hiring somebody else as being, is really achieving that level of excellence as much as I believe in you doing it, right? So that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, that was, that, that, was, that was a real off-putting thing to me because I was like, you know, no, I'm like, look, yeah, I know you can, I'll, you'll guide the person and you'll do this and that, but it's not the same is you, Justin Vincent, sitting there fighting with it, going, doing all the little things that take to making it great, and then also having all the little epiphanies along the way of how to do things. That's the way I felt being, about it. Being bluntly honest, a big part of the reason why I wanted that 
that path to to work with this this guy and to do it in tandem was because I had so much doubt about my own capability of solving the hundred incredibly difficult problems there are mm. and executing and making it work. Why? And I, because because I, I sort of always feel like that. When I approach a project and I know nothing about how to solve it, I always feel like, like I literally know nothing about how to solve this. How in God's, and it seems so difficult and impossible. Like it's a big burden to take on just on your own shoulders. So you actually did me a favor by not investing and yeah. by pulling out because it forced me to really think this through and do this and throw a lot of shit at the wall to work out how to make it happen. Well, see, that's I <laughs> I saw what you did with uh, I thought that your best execution uh, an individual project was probably Plugio in the sense that it was just you building this thing all by yourself. Right. I mean. Um, I mean, you know, Nugget is good, but Nugget is not as much of a technical thing. It's not thing. technical, It's no. more of a social thing, marketing thing, and all yeah. these other things. But um, I was like, yeah, you know, I know you could do it. I mean, I, yeah, there, there, I'm sure there are going to be technical hurdles, as there always are when you're building some kind of highly technical product, which you are building. But I was like, I know you, I know you would be able to do it. And, um, you know, I, the thing is, I would... I would have been much more inclined to invest. And I feel like, look, Jason, I'm going to spend 100% of my available time when I'm not watching Jack doing this. And, you know, but thing is, if you're going to do that, you don't really need the money. So it's like, right, what's, exactly. what's the money for? And it's for the yeah. patent, which, you know, I was always a little less excited but about. But I've already the covered that. So, yeah. so basically, so, I'm in a good position now because I've, I've essentially built, built the whole damn thing. You've been I've working on all those problems. I've built like 90% of this, you know, yeah. already. I've got the patent, which I've paid for. That's registered. I've got like yeah. a year down the line. Was it now, been two months? But right, exactly. But now yeah. I just, that's been two months, right? Has it has actually been two months? It's been yeah, two months. I, no, I mean, if it might, might even be less. I think it might be less. Might even less, because here's the thing. I mean, if you had tried to hire someone, I don't think you'd be nearly this far along. I thought the, um, the, the one problem, the main, the main problem of it, um, I thought was so difficult that I wasn't actually even going to be able to achieve it. And um, it was only through talking to Joe Steck about it. Um, Who's a, for people who don't know, he's a, uh, he's a texting power user. Texting power. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's I, a, I he's a friend told... and he's, he, well, he's the uh, publisher for compelling science fiction, right. among other things, but he's been a longtime listener and commenter. So in, in a conversation with him, I said, you know, I think the way that this can, because I, because my first release was going to be quite hacky. And I was like, I think the way that this can actually be w work is like with machine learning and like you know getting a team of uh, getting a team of machine learning and data scientists to work out how to make this work for real. Yeah. And he was like, mm, I, no, I think you could. No, I think you could do it. And I'm like, and when he said that, I sort of went away and really thought about that and thought, hmm, I guess I should try. I wasn't even going to try. Yeah, I wasn't well, even going to try. Yeah, because for you, <laughs> the machine learning stuff was like magic. You're like, I'm just going to throw magic at it, and the magic will fix it. And he, and Joe's like, no, I don't, you don't need magic. Just do it. And you just did it, right? You just figured it out, right? Yeah, so. You, just, you know? So, yeah, so we're not going to talk specifically what you did, but, but I, you, I, I. You've I, seen the demo, right? It's gorgeous. It's cute. I mean, it's, I always, stuff. your stuff always has a really nice, it was very slick. It's very clean. It's very slick. Your design, I have to say, your design ability has improved dramatically in like the last seven or eight years that you are even more. I mean, I not that you were ever bad. You were fine. But this stuff is really, really good. And so I don't think if you had hired a design firm, they would have done a good of a job. 
<laughs> I don't think if you had hired a full-time developer, it would have done a good of a job. I think <laughs> you having all the skills and just and just sweating over this thing and trying to make this perfect little piece of technology, I think that was the right solution. So for me saying no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna invest money, I think was was one of the reasons that yeah, you, but man, you went down the it right was path. Like, it was such a roller coaster ride because you said because and, and this this is really I think why you know the danger of raising funds. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you said, wow, yeah. I walked away from that conversation thinking, holy shit, Jason's going to put in 25 grand. So then I called up some other people and I, I forgot my original investors because they were a different kind of class of Well, person. they weren't technology people. They weren't technology. Really. And then I called up other people and I said, holy shit, Jason's putting in 25 grand. Do you want to put in money? So I got like a few people, uh, maybe uh, I think two, possibly three people to agree. They're like, yep, I'm in for 10 grand. If Jason's in, I'm in. So, oh, okay, so I'm like, really? I'm okay. like, holy shit, I've, I've raised 50 grand. So I went to Georgia. I'm like, Georgie, can you believe this? I've just raised over 50 grand. This is going to be amazing. And Georgie was like so excited. Oh, and no. Then, <laughs> oh, no. And then I become the big and bad. And then you called me up and you said, hey, man, um, you know, I've been thinking about that thing. And uh, I, I don't really have the money right now. <laughs> Uh, well, we got whacked with a massive tax bill, and uh, I was just like, "Oh!" And then I, and we were just kind of doing the math on how much money I needed it, for math academy. It's fine, but it was just it was such a roller coaster. It was like, man, I like so high, you know? Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, you you're you are a fun time girl, but you really have, there's some oh my god." <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a real downside to to the fun times. It is well raising, yeah. I, but it would have been completely, it, it would have failed. It, I mean, it would have been different. In fact, because here's the thing, I, I still have the commitment from the other people's money. But when you pulled out, I said to them, look, if Jason's not in, I don't want anyone in. <laughs> because wow, it's well. like, you know, Jason knows things. Like he knows things about me that I don't know. And if he's not in, then I don't want anyone else in because what does he know that I don't know? Well, I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't like the fact that your time was split between too many other things mm-hmm. and the, you were just going to be kind of guiding this other person to build it. I was like, you know, I just don't, this is not, this is not the kind of project where that's going to work. This is going to require it, a commitment and a craftsmanship that it's just, that's just more, it's going to take more than that. And what I end up doing is let him drag you gone. And then what happened is this guy who is actually, I'm sure is a very competent developer is not going to be able to solve things and stuff's just not going to, I don't know. It's just, I could just see this whole thing not working. And I, I, I can't say that I thought it out in all kind of detail, but my, my intuition was just like, nah, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. It's just not going. I don't still well, think that's going to work. But was, I, you, you did me a favor. It was the right call. And um, it, it just got me. I think that, and this is another thing that I hate about the funded path. You know, it just this idea of getting money somehow feels like some some sense of satisfaction, some sense of completion, some mm. goal achieved. When it isn't, it's no. just it's just pressure. the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just pressure. It's just like outside stuff that you don't have control over. Yeah, and um, I don't like it. I, I, that's why I'm like, you're going to have more fun mm-hmm. with this because what was that Paul Graham article about being default alive or default dead, a, pro, a company? Mm-hmm. You're on default alive. You don't have any cost other than your own time. So you're default alive. And But when you have a, a, when you have to pay a bunch of other people and you're running out of money and you're not making enough money to cover that stuff, you're default dead. You, if things keep going as they are, you ultimately will die, right? I Yeah, y- yeah. 
Yeah. I, so you're in a, you're you're in a much stronger you're you're in a much stronger position. You're how much harder to kill. It's you just have I'm really cost. interested to know how execution of this is going to roll out because, like I said, I do think that once this is on the internets and this is on Product Hunt and this is on Hacker Show HN, I think people are going to go, oh, yeah, that I could. They're going to see a lot of. I think what you need to do. I think what you need to do, and I'm sure you've already thought about this, is have lots of um, demos of different types of each category of the, of your use cases for it. Well, I, what I was thinking was the opposite. I was thinking, go small, learn from buffer. Like, just just keep it super small, super simple, and execute on that. And nail it down, nail cash flow, nail revenue, and then right. circle back, and then go into a second. And don't give anyone any other ideas. Just make okay. them think it's just that. Well, okay. Well, anyway, I just, I, you just one thing that's on, sh- on show HN sometimes is people come up and they don't have any real good convenient demos. And people are like, uh, you know, how does this work? Right, how, right. How am I supposed to? What am I supposed to do with this? So you kind of want to, even if you're, even if you're talking oh, about, oh, I see what you're talking case. about. Yeah, I, talk, yeah. I, see, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that when people get to the site, they should just be able to use it, yeah. like just, just demo it straight away, play with it. Yeah. You know okay. what might be you do is you might if if you have, you know, people on the show who, um, you know, people we know who have um, a website where this might be useful. Yeah. Contact them, and then they'll be your demo. Oh yeah, and then they'll get the oh for sure, and they'll get the double benefit of like, hey, you know, if this goes well on Hacker Knows, and I get a bunch of people come to my site to see a demo, and then they'll see, oh, hey, here's another cool product. For sure, yeah, that that I'll I'll be I'll be doing that. Um, I wanted to tell you something about something else. Was there anything else that you was there anything you were burning to talk about? Well, no, I just uh, I just want to say that you know I think you have a really good shot at succeeding with this. Whether it's going to be a, you know, it's going to take you a couple of years to get up to like 20 or 30 grand a month or whether it's going to be a faster growth, you'll get there. You'll get there with this. You're going to achieve, I think you have the right idea and the right execution to achieve what you want to achieve, which is a business that you own, that you control, that you have fun working on, that'll support you and your family in the way that you want. I think that'll happen. Whether that happens in eighteen months or three or four years, it's always hard to say. But I think, I think you know, it'll work. That's good. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, but here's the other thing I want to point out too, and I, you're having fun, right? Right. You're in hog heaven. I can just <laughs> see you. You're writing the code, tweaking out the stuff. I mean, you're 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 building it. You're not gonna. You wouldn't have nearly as much fun just having phone calls and telling someone else to build stuff. <laughs> I mean, you just wouldn't. You, the coding is the fun part the design is the fun part doing all that stuff and you get in by not hiring people you get to do all yourself you get to be selfish and do all well, the fun stuff I, I do want to say that's true to a point when faced with when faced with really difficult problems i think i've become the crutch of paired programming through my day job mm-hmm. i really feel that like i really sort of that's, you start, start doubting that you can do it all your own. It's so helpful to have someone else. Like when two people are talking about something, you can come to a solution really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult to, to, to do stuff on your well, own. You, know, so, you can always call people up, your friends. Yeah, you can call me yeah. up, you can call other friends and say, hey, yeah. let me brainstorm this or talk about stuff. Or, you know, it's like when Guyon and I would work on Prezo and other things, I would hire him as a, you know, I paid him as a consultant. Yeah. And we would probably work four days a week, three to four days a week for a couple hours. And I would reserve some of the really tricky stuff where I was like, you know, I'm just not really sure how I want to do this. I'll get on with Guyana with two together. We'll figure it, figure it out. You could do that. Yeah, you know? that's a good idea. And that's not a big idea. I mean, that's and it's not that expensive. And 
you know, it's especially if there's someone you like who is you think is smart need, and has some complimentary skills. I sets. need someone who I do want to to really polish it up. I need someone who's really good at math. Yeah. So at some point, I'm going to have to. Well, find we got someone. a lot of those people listening to the show, yeah. right? We got a lot of math nerds <laughs> who are coding nerds, you know, who I'm sure would be like, hey, you know, if you want a little help, give me a call. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll work with you on it. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, if you're one of those kind of people and you're up for doing a little, you know, you know, doing a little contract work with Justin, you know, on and off consulting, you know, just reply yeah. in the comments. Someone who's good with math, especially pertaining to to um, to uh, visual stuff. Math yeah. pertaining to visuals on the website, yeah, on the web, you know, math like, like I don't know, like, like physics and stuff, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, um, no shortage of those in our uh, in our uh, our uh, army and the texting army. You know, I've I've realized I've got a lot. I've got a lot to talk about this show. Well, let's, so, let's keep going. So, is there anything you? I'm wanna... just going to lean back on this show and drink my uh, my uh, poor man's mocha. Well, John Paul. Fire CI, yeah, made his first sale uh, two days ago, and I, I, I just, I just want to remind you that was the one of all of the ones, all the ideas I heard. That was the one I liked. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool. And my recommendation is raise your prices. Now he made his first sale, forty-seven bucks a month. Okay, um, and a team of five is going to be using his Fire CI product. Just, and, and what's the the product in the nutshell? Uh, in a nutshell, basically, continuous it's, integration. So it's continuous integration. It's 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 sort of like uh, Jenkins or Code Ship um, type product, but it runs on your local machine. And so each of the each of your developers installs a, a local agent. It runs on top of Docker, and basically, it's all sort of configured locally. So it's a hundred percent. What's the word when it all runs at the same time? When it. Uh, la- what do you mean? I don't know what you're getting at. Uh, like it. It can run. Why can't I think of the word? It's such a common word. It it, it can run exactly the same time on everyone's parallel? machine. Yeah, parallel. That's all right. Parallel processing, right? Okay. So and so, with with uh, these sort of traditional web, you know, web based um, CI servers, it can just take ages and ages. And it's like you can be waiting ten minutes for bills to finish. But this thing is like lightning fast. Fire CI. Fire dot CI. I recommend great it. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Too. Great name. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's a cool product idea. And mm. the fact that it's going to go after businesses, which actually... Mm. Well, as he was talking about, the one thing I just say is when I first saw it, the amount of time that it would save people, yeah. the amount of headache it would remove, um, it was just it was kind of a no-brainer, I think. So. It's been interesting seeing him su- succeed or get, get, this, you know, get to the success versus all the other Nugget members. So we've been working with everyone. And... Um, he got to the point where I, I worked with him on the, the, the journeys, the sign-up stuff, the payment stuff. We tested all that, and I said, okay, this is ready for a show HN. This is ready for a product hunt. So we pushed it out. It didn't go anywhere. didn't make any noise. So, I, so then I had a, like a heart-to-heart with him. I said, look, this is what it's... We, we worked up a mind map of a marketing plan, and we went through various different ways that he needs to market this. And it's all work. It's like... Going to forums, it's like writing blog posts, it's like creating SEO content. I said, look, you're going to get nothing back for two to three months. This is, you're just going to be working at this. You're just going to be investing, you're going to get nothing back and you're going to feel like you're in a void. But then one day something's going to happen and it's going to come back and it's going to start. And that is when it's all going to be worth it. And and I'm like, 
it's a leap of faith, you know. <laughs> you just have to take yeah. this leap of faith and do it. And uh, you know, he's he's the only one that really did it, stuck at it, did it, did the marketing, followed it through, and now it's come back. And now he has. He's building that list, and it's turning into a real business. Takes time, man. Yeah. That's why. That's why you have to work on something that you really are excited about, and really enjoy, yeah. because you have to stick it out through that, through those periods of just doubt and despair, and you know where everybody, nobody cares about your product. It's just yeah. If, if the problem is when people are just trying to do some sort of quick flip, they say, "Oh, you know, we'll make money really quickly, and we'll just we'll we'll just do this one thing, and everyone will." You know, if it's all if it's just about the money, you know, I, I think that stuff just it's just it's just that stuff doesn't work as often. It's very but that's a big um, I discount that stuff severely. So I think the formula that works for him is to get people who who realize that they should be doing CI but aren't yet. And, and then, then right, he starts he's writing articles, educational articles. Educational articles, education. right. Yeah. And then and then he helps their company on board and set their set their CI up. And yeah, that's, well that's, that's sort of doing. a consulting yeah. you know, kind of what the, there's a term for it where it's consulting wear or something, right? Yeah. It's like the the you can make a lot of money in the short term being um, helping to come into a company, set up their continuous integration you know, um, policies and procedures and and then, hey, and here, here's you can here's other products that you can use. This is mine. If you want to use it, I can show you to use it. Well, he's um, not charging the consulting, but he's just he's just bringing them on, bringing them on. And I think this is what you'll do. You know, this is what he'll do for like fifty customers. You know, his first fifty customers, it's worth it for him to just yeah. get them on 70, 70 you know, forty seven dollars a month plan. Okay, so that's you're not even talking about consul- consulting yeah. business. You're really just talking about sort of the Airbnb, which they go in with a photographer and 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 take photos. Yeah themselves Simple. and they, they hold that great line i just let line from brian chesky says is you know he's like he's like when you buy an iphone steve Jobs does not come and sleep on your couch but i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so yeah you know you 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 do that and you really get to know your your users you really get to know what the true problems are that they have they may be problems that they have that are slightly different than what you imagined and they're really informs your your future your product roadmap all that kind of stuff and it's it's going to be really difficult to convince people who already are using ci processes to switch to his and i i think that doing this approach if he gets 50 or 100 people then then that's going to go out into the marketplace and they're going to encounter people who are using using other ci systems and they're going to say hey you should check out fire ci and i think then people who will switch at some point they'll be especially with the price difference i mean the price difference between um, something like CodeShip that costs thousand dollars a month, you know, for the yeah. same level that his is costing forty seven dollars. Yeah, well, a you month. know, it's that whole disruption theory. It's like yeah. it's charged less. Yeah. You know, you know, you're worse at first, but then you get better over time, and you can charge more. You know, we've we're gonna have oh kind of like uh, Sean um, is it Sean Murphy? Have him on talk about dis, you know on disruption theory. Oh, do you, did you? Uh, we need to. We we talked about setting stuff up. But we just need to come come up with a date. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Speaking of, I um I sent an, uh, a Skype um yesterday to Gabriel Weinberg of uh, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Um, see if he wanted to come on the show and uh, talk about his new um his new um mental models book. mental models book. Yeah, was it Super Thinking or something? Yeah. Yeah, I have it on um I I I pre ordered it on Amazon, so it'll be coming in. Mm. Um, but yeah, we got to have. Uh, first of all. You know, Gabriel's a old, you know, is an old friend, a friend of the show. He, it's him, he and Rob are like the two, yeah. you know, most, <laughs> most 
you know, uh, his visits to the show. Yeah. And it'd be great. I mean, I really like Gabe. He's super nice guy, really smart. Um, and uh, it'd be fun to have him come and talk about mental models. You know, and, and of course, uh, the fact that Lux Surface Area is included in one of the mental models is hugely flattering. Uh, yeah. It's like when you look at all the other major and then Lux Surface Area is there, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we'll have him on as well. We have a few other. So the one th curse that Gabe bestowed on us was <laughs> listing us as one of the podcasts that tech entrepreneurs should try and come on when you know, for their track, building up their traction. Yeah. And so we continuously get emailed by sometimes by the entrepreneurs themselves, a lot of times by publicists or PR firms trying to book their guests on our show. And a lot of these people are smart and interesting, but it's just sort of like, you know, obviously we haven't done many interviews. It's, it's just not the essence of what we're about, really. I mean, we, we, we are, but it's only when it's someone who we really want. Well, it's, it, well, what is this like? It's like, look, you walk into a bookstore and there's a lot of f f interesting books, but there's something you're going to the bookstore to learn at that moment in time. There's something that you yeah, want to know. Yeah. And usually it's like we interview someone about something that we're thinking about right this minute, not something we were interested in two months ago or we're going to be interested in the future, what we want to do right now. And so we get contacted by people who are, by every right, yeah. you know, someone we should talk to. But if it's not really something I'm thinking about at this moment, I'm not as excited about it. But we're, we're just not the same as a, like an Andrew Warner or something like that. We'll just we're, interview we're, anybody we're just about anything. We're just not that kind of show. We're, yeah, we're, we're on a journey. You, as the listener, is on a journey with us, and that's just the way For it better is. better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way it yeah, is. Yeah, so, but there were a couple people, I think we were in the, in the, in the sort of queue, who I thought we should try and, um, we should probably try and have on. They, 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 I, I, when I saw them, I was like, yeah, I would be really, that would be really cool. So, anyway, but very least, we'll get, um, we need to get Sean on, I think, and we're definitely going to have Gabe on. I like to get him on, like, in the next week or two, because his book has just come out, so I think we should strike while the iron is hot, you know, help him to the degree that we can get. Well, I hope he gets back to you. I hope he answers you. Well, he did this morning. He, oh, he did? He gave me a thumbs up on Skype. Oh, I woke sweet. Up, okay. I woke up this morning, so I'll, I'll, um, we'll get some dates, and we'll, Perfect. I'll get back to him. We'll get awesome. him on. Let's see if we can try sometime next week, if, if he can fit it in. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, let's do. And he's so big and famous now. I, I know. Feel like, that's is he right. still like going to talk to me anymore? Yeah, that's. What I was thinking that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, you know, especially with the second book out, he's got a great model of writing books. Did you notice that? Well, he like, partners with somebody. He, he basically what he does is he partners with somebody who's a, who's also an an expert in that space. I guess he just brainstorms with them on the phone. Then they essentially write the entire thing, and then but he's sort of co-authors. Authors it's almost them. like a, um, it's almost how like in, in uh, the university setting, you have a principal investigator or a professor who has a bunch of grad students or postdocs mm. who are part of their research group oftentimes, and they're doing papers in the area of expertise of the principal investigator. And so the PI will say, hey, here's a, here's a problem that I'm want, I want, that I'm interested in, I think would be for some good papers. And let's, let's let's write these or why don't you start looking into it and so they'll have multiple grad students slash postdocs working on these papers with them but obviously the the, the principal investigator can't spend all our time on all of them because they just or all on one of them so they have they help out and they do they kind of play that kind of role the the heavy lifting is by the younger folks yeah and they in the end whereas the principal investigator can 
you know, do you, you know, they leverage their wisdom and their connections and their just experience doing this kind of thing and bring in lots of really good ideas. But then it's like, okay, you know, let's appreciate I bet it's going to be big. The super think because it, it seems it's foundational, you know, it seems foundational. Yeah. More, more than something like traction. Well, I don't know. Transaction is traction. Tra- I'm sorry, tra- transaction. Traction is cool. Traction was very useful, but a super thinking, that's just what it's called. Is that what it's called? So I think it's called super thinking, yeah. It's a great name. It's a great, but I think it's such a foundational concept. It's, it's, it's beyond business. It's just, it's, it, well, it's, yeah, it's, it gets to the core of you. It's, um, Charlie Munger is like that too. Charlie Munger has a book. I was at like Poor Charlie's Almanac or something like that. <laughs> I think it was something where he talks about all these different mental models and, and how, Basically, to eliminate bias and and you know um, uh, you know basically logical you know dead ends and and just how to how to how to get yourself making better decisions or not making poor decisions, mm-hmm. you know, which we're all we're, which we're all you know um, which we do all the time. So anyway, well we'll, we'll try. I, although maybe not next week because I won't have time to read it. So maybe mm-hmm. we do it in like a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll we'll figure out the right time. I'll try and get him on. Sure. Uh, or at least we could just do it. I'll just try and read it really quickly. Maybe you could actually read it this time. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I tease you about it because about not reading articles, but I have not been reading. I have I have stacks of books on my nightstand that I have not read or I've only read part of because I don't read like I used to. And yeah, because I've, because you're actually satisfied. You're actually doing something you really want to do. Satisfied, and you're uh, and you've got. Okay, I'm just maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Yeah, I think maybe it's, that's I not why you do it. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I got out of the habit of it. And I think, I don't know. I just got to get back to reading. I just got, I got to force myself okay. to read, to, to start reading books again. I mean, I spend all my time reading articles, which, <coughs> you know, there's benefits to it, but you know, that's, it's like, you know, I wouldn't be quite equated to junk food, but you got to, you got to throw down some real books. Sometimes you can't just be reading articles. It's a little bit of a superficial. Yeah, Jason. That's so superficial of you, man. <laughs> yeah. You should, you got to read those gotta real books, deep, like the rest of us, you know. Thinking. Right. All right. So what's uh, <laughs> what's on deck? What is next? Wait. So do you, it was it's okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm good on that. All right. I'll do one more, and then um, and then we'll go. We'll go all Jason. All Jason. Well, I don't know. Let's just not go all me. Uh, all right. Okay. I okay. think it's a little back and forth. Okay. Well, but it's it's been all me so far. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about solve? Yes, I would like to talk about solve. I think we should. Yeah. Please do. You played a. You played a. Wait. Comparison. We haven't. We haven't. No, we haven't talked about solve. Oh my god. Talk about any of that stuff. Yeah. So we so did we miss one week or two weeks? We haven't no, done it was it. because of Solve. That's right. right. Solve was on the day we should have been doing a podcast. Got it. Right. So yeah. let's, let's we month. do that now? Can yeah. Jump into yeah it? Please, so, yes. so Solve 2019. So this is our third year yeah. of our end of year one day competition at Caltech where all the kids at all the different grade levels, which now is six through, well, six through high school. Um, let's just say it's compete. a lot of kids. It's a lot. Of, we had about 90. Yeah. And we have, uh, it's two events. There's an individual and a sort of a team event, which was really just doubles. Yeah. And um, starts at like eight in the morning, goes to like four or five. And uh, we were, this year we had so many kids, we had to be in two auditoriums at Baxter and Annenberg. And one of the things that really sucked this year is that one of the guys who was our scorer, who has been extremely reliable years, did show up. What, what, what was his reason? I texted him. I'm like, are you coming? Right, right. And he's like, oh, and then he didn't respond. He didn't e- text me back or email me for like a couple hours. He says, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. And I forgot about it. I made other plans. <laughs> I was like, are you 
kidding me? Like that, uh, I just didn't even, I mean, like that's, that was, that really pissed me off. Are you bringing off. him back like, next year? No. Okay. That's it. You screw me over that much, you're done. All right. Like that, this is a huge day and you well, don't so, show so who up. T- and, who picked up the slack? Because I was in the other auditorium. I was operating the slides. Yeah. Well, so thank God you were there because I was like, we, we didn't have enough people <clears throat> to do everything because in each auditorium you had to have, <clears throat> you had to have a score. Yeah. You know, you had to have three judges, you had to have an MC, and you had to have somebody running the slides. A tech. Or the tech. We yeah. call it tech. Somebody who's doing this, you know. And, um, you know, and again, I really appreciate, I've told you this so times, but I really appreciate you taking the time of your day because you had to show up at like 7 o'clock in the morning. That was the hardest part. It's tough. Tough, but I really appreciate it because uh, we would have been screwed if you weren't there but it was worth it for the burger for the burger the burger, burger truck that you oh got. there we have high-end burger truck right you get the free burger oh oh also you need a kid wrangler kid a kid wrangler because what's oh so because oh we, yeah you need a kid you, sorry. for every heat or every round you got kids and then you have to like collect the rest of, hey guys you're next yeah. you're up next get ready okay you're in the, the slot. kid the kid wrangler like the person who basically organizes the people and brings them in on time and Get some sitting down in the green room on time. You know what a green room is? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's, that's the green room, just waiting outside, ready to go. Yeah, but you call it na- the bullpen, which is a good name we for call, it. Too. Well, that's Sandy Call you the bullpen, and that's yeah. where all the kids hang out, and there's all yeah. snacks, and they're, you know, they're playing Uno and chess. Yeah, and a couple eating. of games that you guys provided. Yeah. That's yes. awesome. So, um, so this year, um, we had the first, the first time we had the high school there. So we had our ninth grade class. Um, well, actually, our ninth graders were the kids I started with, which included Colby, and um, but also they had, there were four seniors who had joined the class this year, so it was nine of them, um, and it, that was the the subject for the, that they learned this year was multivariable calculus and linear algebra, um, so that's really two subjects. But um, so that's why we that's I got to meet yeah yeah sorry I just want to say um, go on you you reminded me just there that I got to meet Alex. Yeah, Alex. So Alex Smith is, you know, the director of content for the Math Academy software platform, and he's based out of London. He's a mathematician. Um, he's also was an entrepreneur. He and his wife had run a um, a small business for a while, so he has experience hiring and managing people and all that kind of stuff. So he's sort of a multifaceted guy. Um, and last year, he helped you know, get all the problems and everything ready and the team that, you know, the content teams and have it all organized, get the slides and the solution sets. But he's like, he, this year, he's like, you know, I really want to come over for solve and see it for myself. And, um, he was a judge on a couple of them. And, um, yeah. there was a, there was a couple of times where there was tiebreakers, but there was no good question. So he just sort of went up fly. to the board and on the fly, just wrote, you know, wrote something, wrote a question for the guys mm. that was just appropriately placed. Um, that was that's impressive. No, it was it was good. So he was um, <laughs> that was hilarious. I think you said so. I introduced you guys. This is like seven forty-five in the morning. You're setting up in in we're at Annenberg and you're setting up the slides and we're getting everything going. And you're like, and we use my laptop, my Mac, and it has all of my different files and everything on it. And you're like, yep, that's Jason's mind right there. I just, that's, 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 that's Jason's mind. Oh, you're mind. talking about the way the desktop was so disorganized. Like, had like there's like 50 files on the desktop there, and they're not even like in columns or something. They're just like all everywhere. Everywhere. And then I had like three different browser windows, each with like 20 tabs. And you're like, yep, that's Jason's brain right there. 
<laughs> yeah, and Alex cracked up. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing too much all at one time. But um, that was funny. So that was cool. So, yeah, so you guys are obviously both from England. So that was, you had that in common. Or from mm -hmm. London, I guess. So both from London. He's from, yeah, from near London. Yeah, and, um, but he's, he sort of reminds me how my accent is slightly Americanized. Oh, was that right? Yeah, just when you, you know, when, when you speak to a proper English person, when you've been, when, when you're me. Yeah. I'm saying when you, like, as if this yeah. is what everyone's experience, but it's my experience. Yeah, there's, there's definitely words and stuff that I say that are just American that, that he doesn't say. And it's, well, first I heard you because you said I'm, you're mocking me or imitating me. And I was like, that is not what I sell. <laughs> I, <know>, I, <laughs> like I can't do a good version of you for I'm some like, reason, but, but it's funny anyway, the way that I do it. I mean, I don't have the oh, greatest hey, man. voice. Hey, yeah. man, my name's Jason. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have the greatest voice in the world, but it's not that bad. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's really difficult for me to do for some reason. I'm, I can do quite a lot of uh, accents, but yours is hard. Huh. Um, so anyway, what... Um, uh, it, was just, it was just great to meet him and just see the person who's been managing the, the workflow and, you know, see him do it. And he, he's come over with his, his wife and baby, right? Yeah, so he, he initially was like... Of course, he wanted to come over, and he has a. Well, their son is Dominic is like fourteen months or something. Yeah, yeah, just and freshly picked. Initially, he was talking about bringing them, but then he's like, "Yeah, it's just too expensive." And then I was like, talked to Sandy, and I was like, "You know what? Let's just I'll pay for it. We'll just give him a travel voucher, call That's it a travel awesome. voucher." And yeah. I said, "You know," and then they could stay with us. And I think, um, you know, it'd be nice to meet his wife, Kremi, and. And the girls, our daughters would love playing with their baby, mm. you know, helping out as, as much as they, you know, can help. And, but, um, yeah, it was nice. It was, they, they came over and stayed with us. And of course they were really, you know, obviously they had, they were really excited about being able to chance to come over and see America because Kremi had never been to the U.S. But it's really, it's, I was saying to him, you know, it's amazing to be like you, because I said, you know, you have a PhD in math, right? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, so th this this thing that Jason's doing is a pretty amazing vision, and you're part of this. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is great. It's like, just, I'm, I don't think he quite got it. I was, I'm like, it's crazy that you just like logged onto Upwork and you ended up in this, you know, this massive vision and this massive passion-driven thing. I didn't explain express myself correctly to him, but that's what I meant. Yeah. And I and I think it's really really interesting that he is in that situation, and now you're like bringing him over to america and like he's part of this solve thing and it's uh, it's just it's just funny great. how something can just you know yeah yeah you th how things work out you know um well he's um as i've talked about on this show before i mean he's an extremely talented guy i mean i really he's, to be he's like pure gold for you right he's like just luck it's it's well, luck, lucky find yeah so the, the, the things that he has um that are really well a couple of things first of all he's mathematically um, highly educated so he he's a phd he's a mathematician so that's but he's a mathematician who can do other things a lot of mathematicians are just highly specialized instruments they're not very practically minded they definitely can't manage people or i don't know they just are not versatile in that way they're, sort of like the classic savant who's just sort of yeah or not, maybe not the savant but they're just a typical <laughs> absent-minded professor or some right, version right. of that you know obviously that's unfair to all of because not all of them are that way but they tend to be limited i mean it's like finding a a, a, a developer who can actually design right right you know it's like yeah you're not really going to find many of those yeah. and um so he and he's also has an entrepreneurial um 
aspect to his personality. You know, he and his wife had run this company for a while, and he, so he he has the ability to hire people and manage them and do all these kinds of stuff. I mean, just finding people can do the, just that without any other skills hard. People are really good at that. And in running a team where everybody's efficient and happy and people are like, like working for them, that's good because we have we get really positive feedback across the board from people who really enjoy working you know, with us and working, you know, really working with Alex because Alex, I don't interface or interact with most of the content developers because I just, I don't have time, but also just because I don't want to undermine him and, you know, I'd rather it's like things come through him, mm -hmm. you know, um, but he, um, yeah, so he has all those things, but he's also um, really passionate about what we're doing. Like this is like falls right in with what he's excited about. So the fact that he gets to be part of this and impact it and influence what it is, what it becomes, um, is um, is great because you know you if you if you bring someone on, they're completely mercenary about it. It's not the same. You don't get this nearly as much out of them. If somebody says, "Look, they they're enrolled in this mission," like it's not just like he's helping with my mission. This is now his mission. Yeah, like we're going yeah. to take over the world with it. Like we're going to do all this stuff. He is so that's um so that's that stuff's all great. So so getting back to solve. So I sorry I took took you on this tangent, but so what's the what's the general wrap up feeling about this third solve and and where so, solve is going and how how it relates to Math Academy moving forward? Well, I mean, I would say that it was okay. First, I'm gonna talk about the bad. The bad is we still made some of the problems too hard, particularly for, somewhat for calculus, but particularly for the multivariable calculus on your algebra. I saw that happen a lot, but I, don't, I just don't know how you could even gauge that. Like, how do you, it's such a fine line, like. See, the problem is, since I'm not the one who is teaching that class, I can't test out the problems, right? And I told Harend, who teaches that class, many times, I was like, I want you to beta test these questions. And he just kept saying, no, no, I know what they can do. And so he, and so I had him create a bunch of questions. You know, I said, you need to create these things, you know. And so he did. And we took about 60% of the problems that he created. Some of them just were not the right format. They were just like, that's a yes or no answer. Like, that is not a free form. It's not going to work. And so... Uh, Alex and I, or there was like too many of one kind of question and not enough of some other stuff. And so Alex and I went through the system, through the content that we've created to support that class and pulled out a lot of other stuff and, and, and came up with everything. And, but I, I'd, I'd, I'd asked, I only asked Ren like three times. I'm like, okay, can you do me a favor and just take like a half hour a week or something or test 10 minutes of a class a few days a week and test out some of these problems and time them. And he's like, oh, no, you know, and I'm just like, and he never did it. So I never got anything checked. And I'm like, that's for, as a developer, I like assume that just because you think something is going to work perfectly, if you don't test it, it's going to break. Right. And, you know, he, you know, he's a mathematician. Like he doesn't know anything about that world. <laughs> he doesn't know that, you know, and he's. He's the example of the, <laughs> of someone who doesn't, you know. No, he's, he's not a. a <laughs> he's, he's really great at. He's a mathematician. Teaching and, and math. But there's not a. So I was like, okay. So. But then even, and I can't put it all on her end because it's not all on her end. Alex and I picked the other 40% of the questions. And we sat there and for like, I mean, not only did we spend weeks working up to this event, picking out problems to stuff, but the two days we spent a ton of, we spent 
we spent two full days. I mean, like from eight in the morning until like one in the night, picking out problems and creating it. Okay, this is around three. This is third heat of qualifying round of individual. Okay, I think we have the right problems, variance, the right level of difficulty. And, um, you know, we still didn't get it right. You know, um, but I think partly the two things, partly is it was mostly the new class that, that I hadn't taught. Um, partly it was the calculus class because the calculus classes this year were just really focused on preparing the kids for the AP calculus exam. And the kids were not as good at some of the stuff that my kids were, that I taught. My kid, my initial group, Colby's crew, were really good at solving tricky integrals. We spent a lot of time on advanced integration techniques. And they could do those so fast and were so confident um, that I could put all these kind of great problems up there and they would just whip it out in a minute, which some people think would be like a five-minute problem. These kids were not as good. And the reason is, after talking to um, the two calculus, after Hren and Michael, who teach the other calculus uh, class, that those, are, those types of skills are not emphasized on the BC exam. So spending an inordinate amount of time getting good at that is, is, not, is not smart because there are other things that they do need to spend time getting at. Their analysis of graphs or word problems and I don't know, whatever the hell it was. So I got that a little wrong because I put some problems up there and I'm just like, oh, that kid's... I said, Colby or George, I could see George doing this in 30 seconds and, and looking at me and going, okay, that's it? Yeah. Whereas they, they all, they, these kids struggled. So that was that we messed that up a little bit in calculus, not terribly, but they were, there were some problems that they just couldn't solve that I thought they should have been able to. But the, the multivariable one was the one we kind of screwed up a little bit. So that was the, the bad part was when some of the problems were too hard, we had some rounds where only one or two problems were solved out of five. And we, we needed tiebreakers, which means it took extra time, which means we ran behind schedule like an hour and a half, which was not optimal because you know it's a long day people start getting frustrated sandy was just like really annoyed because she's just like guys you have to move and we're like we gotta do a tiebreaker we gotta do a second tiebreaker i don't know you know well some <clears throat> some feedback on, on her in um he's a great mc is he he cracks the audience up a lot like Does he says he? a lot of funny things there was one thing that he said that really made people laugh that the kids were go riding on the board and then they have to go back over the line but then they were like, uh, you know, once they sort of finished, the ones who were finished were like walking up to each other and like, you know, patting each other on the back or like yeah. know, fist bumping. And Harin's, and Harin goes, uh, okay, guys, n none of that. This isn't a contact sport. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and like people were cracking up about that. Yeah, he's, Harin is one of these kind of stealth, funny people. Right. Like I, I said that to him the other way. I said, you know, we were, at a, we were at a group, I think we were, uh, this is after we're interviewing some of our instructor candidates, and he said something that was funny again. And I was like, you know, I never think of Horan as funny, but he always makes me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> he he's does, a funny guy. He is a funny guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, oh, by the way, I knew some of our problems were too hard when the second panel of judges were, were starting to come in and looking through the solutions, and Adam Wehrman, who's the chair of the Applied Math Department at Caltech, was on that panel and also on, who's also on the math academy board he sat down was looking through the the solutions and he looked at me jason with a kind of with a, he looked at me with a kind of small face he's like jason these are really hard problems <laughs> and i was like oh because <laughs> yeah. like, the solutions were like page along page and a half and they're like going to do this in like three minutes you know <laughs> under pressure and i was like oh no um so then i realized that we had overshot but um the other thing too, by the way, I was just going to say about the difficulty problems. Next, this one thing we're going to do to 
make sure that we're that this doesn't happen in the future is we're going to create um, sort of solution uh, like uh, practice tests, like hundreds of problems of practice tests that the that the instructors can practice with or help prepare the kids with during the year, so that they know exactly the kind of questions that we're going to be asking and they can run you know uh, uh, you know mock mini solve sessions and the kids can get good at it uh, rather than us going through and saying well did you cover this did you cover that i think this might be a good question it's like no you know what's going to be in the exam you know what kind of problems we're going to ask here's a, here's a hundred problems and it's going to be in this range of stuff get good at this this is this is something i wanted to say to you um i thought this on the day you i'm imagining when you're sort of writing the problems you're sort of you're shooting for 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 difficult or you're, you're shooting for something that's going to challenge them right i'm but i wonder given the nature of the whole competition why don't you just shoot for something that's easy within within a band literally right. shoot for easy because it doesn't matter if it's easy because the point is is who's the best and the fastest mm -hmm. so if you if everything's easy and everyone can do everything that's on the board you just then it's down it to speed. speed it becomes speed which is really interesting for a live event so why not just shoot for easy yeah i you know it's because it's a problem with us math people. We always want to get cute and make things interesting and hard. Mm -hmm. Stuff seems too trivial. It's just right. like, it's just stupid. Like, you know, find the, find the integral of 3x squared. But that's not going to look, dumb. it's not going to look dumb to someone like me. Well, that's, that's, see, that's the thing. And I think Sandy hits it. Because when you, once you get up to calculus, and especially when you get the multiple calculus, nobody knows what the hell these questions are. Right. It's all looks like it's Chinese to them. Yeah, right? Chinese. And they're exactly. just like. Egyptian, you know, whatever, you know, Sanskrit. They're like, I, lots of really complicated symbols. So, um, you know, you're, you're, you're right. So we can, I think it's like going to be a combination. We're going to dial down the difficulty. But it's like, it's what I'm trying to say is it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a lens to look at everything through. So if, so if you're, if you're looking at like, okay, down here, I'm just showing just for lessons. I'm got my hand down low and another hand up high. So up high are the really hard ones, down low are the really easy ones. Okay, obviously you don't want to shoot for that because that's ridiculously easy. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of just like shoot shoot for, with with speed in mind yeah. for the middle. No, it's it's true. And um, and it was something we even said after last one, but you, we still kind of, even with that knowledge, we still went a little too hard. So I think it's a combination of we have to, it's not that always oh, the questions are easier, it's just they're not so long like a lot of these questions were just long like you just but can't it, do them in two minutes that's because what, you mean the answer was long it's just a lot it takes a lot of work a lot of yeah. these especially these multivariable calculus things i mean they were long ass problems they were like fine for a 15 minute you know okay this is the homework problem and a problem set might take you 10 to 15 but minutes it, to do but right, now you get to right. do it in three minutes like good luck you know that's that's because a lot of the other problem is a lot of them involved a trick it wasn't a straightforward computation it was like there was something clever that you had to do to transform it into something and then you had to go through all the uh, the really rather involved sophisticated you know manipulations it's just too much <laughs> yeah. there's so so many times like a, a kid would say something like you know they'd find out the answer and they'd be like damn it it was minus one not plus one you know little like, things <laughs> just because little... they're little things they were so involved it was so easy to make a mistake yeah but um, there were sometimes you get the problem and everyone would look at it and they'd be like, oh, God, right? Yeah. They just groan. Everyone's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard problem. No, but the be the, then the best is like uh, George, so problem comes up and he's like, oh, that's easy. You know, yeah. He's oh, like, that's easy. And then, of course, 
Oh, doesn't get it right. <laughs> doesn't get it right. It's not <laughs> yeah. as easy as he thinks it is. But the um, so the couple of things. So, but but aside from that, I thought it was a big success in that. I think what did we achieve? Did the kids have fun across the board? They all had a great time. Kids had a great time. The they're all looking forward to it next year. We heard this from all the instructors from all their different grade levels. They all had a blast and look forward to next year. The younger grades can't wait to learn the stuff that the older grades are doing. Mm. The seventh graders can't wait to learn calculus. The kids in calculus can't wait to learn the with the high school kids. So that's a big part of it is having yeah. them look ahead and go, "Wow, that looks really cool." Yeah. And of course, the parents were impressed yeah they, which is what you want you want parents to be like wow yeah this is amazing and i got a lot of emails and a lot of parents came out and told me that like you know they were blown away or they're like grandparents came in or aunts and uncles who were themselves engineers or scientists and they were like making comments like i've never seen kids this enthusiastic about math in my life right this yeah. is just incredible so that's what we wanted you know yeah had the had the had the had the um, had the problems been a little easier and we didn't have tiebreakers and we finished on time, it would have been a perfect day. But even when you, even though we were a little frustrated by that, particularly Sandy was frustrated, um, I said, you know what? In a week, nobody's even going to think about that. And they're not even thinking about it anymore. What everybody's thinking about is how awesome the day was, how much, how much fun it was. And the pizza party at the end. Pizza party at the end. And, you know, it was funny. I said, uh, I said, this is going to be the world's world's fastest award ceremony <laughs> we just like blew through everybody well, because because it's a long day right you're there at, you're there at seven Pizza's and then it's outside. finishing at like 5 30 or something yeah you're like oh my god yes let's just do the awards do the awards let's so we, go we blew Pizza. through that and um yeah it was um you know and i one thing i'll say of course this is more personal level so colby did extremely well which i was proud of so he so it's funny he got on a um, well, first of all, let's back up. When I told him the seniors were going to participate, he was like, oh, really? You know, because the four seniors who joined the class are really strong. Yeah. You know, they're 18-year-old kids. They're much, they're more sophisticated. And so they're matched up against Colby? Yeah. So they're, they, and, and, and there's one in particular, Anders, or Anders his name, um, yeah. who's, who's just an exceptional talent, you know, gets near perfect scores in all the exams. And so when, when I told Kobe that, he's like, man, well, that's not fair, you know? And I was like, well, look, they're in your class. And so he's like, I'm like, you'll do fine. Don't worry about it. And so um, he, uh, he was, he's like, all right. So the, the, then, but then they, when they created the teams for that class, they did it, uh, they, everyone in the class agreed to do it random. So just a random hat draw. So Colby got on a team, he was on a three person team. And what that means is one person sits out per problem with an, Anders is on the team. He's like, all right, Anders is going to carry us <laughs> No, to what was really funny was during the awards ceremony, and basically you guys are handing out awards, but because his team had three people on it, there wasn't enough awards. So you gave awards to the first two guys, and Colby walked up, and you were like, no, nothing for you, son. <laughs> we'll Colby's like, what? <laughs> the whole audience cracked up. Yeah. And then the next time, when he actually did win his personal award, you tried to hand it to him, and he was like, ah, no, Sandy, I don't need it. Sandy kind of played it. She just wouldn't give it to him, so they kind of <laughs> his little... But what was funny is there were uh, several rounds where Colby carried the team. He was the only one who got the problems right, like because one of them would be sitting out, and he was he was expecting to just coattail off of Anders. But there was one time that Anders was sitting out, and he just did the whole problem himself, and one time that Anders was there, and he told him how to do it. So I was like... So I was... You know, Sandy... 
pointed out to me, so she's sitting in the audience because this is towards the end of the finals, and 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 we, you know, you always have this question or people would be like, yeah, you know, the reason Colby's in this is because mom and dad created the whole thing. And you know, Sadie's like, you know, after this, there's no question. Because he was the only, so he made the finals on the individual with Caroline. So it was two seniors and two freshmen. George got knocked out, Riley. They, I mean, of course, they're exceptional students and they, they didn't make it to the finals. And Colby beat Caroline in a tiebreaker for third place in the individual. So it was the two Caroline's seniors. great. She's like she won last year. Yeah, she won last year. And she yeah. came in second the year before that. I was like, she's no joke. Like she is tough. Yeah. Um. But um. And what was funny is it was so a, he got he came in third place for the individual. Individual. Final. Yeah. So um, it was funny because Kobe's such a pain in the ass because like he doesn't he does everything in his head. And yeah. He won't do the steps out. And it was funny because there was this one round, it was a team thing. And he goes, oh, I got to do this. And he starts going off and doing all this stuff. It was this a lot of advanced uh, uh, integral, like U-sub stuff that he had to do to get this. And it was like this really tricky multivariable problem. And um, and Matthew was his other teammate. And Matthew just stands back like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> and I'm sitting next to Haran. And Haran's like, yeah, that's how I feel every time Kobe does a problem. Because you're like, I don't know what's going on. Because <laughs> he's doing everything in his head really fast. He's like, oh, you're just like, <laughs> it's like really unnerving and um and uh so then he starts doing it on that one problem with matthew and he gets it right which was it was really funny and then um and that was the one where he carried that was the reason they won the the round in this in the semifinals i think or the i don't know maybe it was the finals and then um and there was another and then when he had that final tiebreaker was caroline and was finding the um the eigenvalues of this tricky matrix and it was funny because it had tie, it was a tiebreaker problem, so Haran had to make it up on the fly. And and Alex was like, you know, you could make a three by three matrix where finding the eigenvalues is pretty straightforward. He's the one he created is like literally the hardest thing you could do. <laughs> it's like I could believe it when he put it up there. And and Colby's and we're doing it and Haran's talking. And I love standing next to Haran and him talking me through the problems when he's doing it and getting his insight. He's the best color commentator. Um That's and hilarious. he goes he goes, yeah, he's trying to do it all in his head. I have no idea. I, he's like, I can do one in my head, but he's going to try and get all three. And he, and I'm just sitting there, I'm sitting there watching him. We're just watching. He was like, oh, he's like pointing and stuff. <laughs> and we're sitting there, I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, he's going to miss a negative sign. It's like go, numbers, right? It's like, like, he's just like pointing at the He's going to do it. He's, just, he's racing stuff with his finger. And he's racing. He's doing his head on his head. And meanwhile, Caroline is going out through all the computations in a much more methodical way. And then he gets it. And then it's like, and then Haran's like, he's got it. That's it. He's got it. You know, it was, it was, it was really, I mean, obviously I was extremely proud of him as his, as his dad. Um, but it was really fun too, like as an event, because at the end of the day you have everybody crowded and watch the finals and the sun's coming in, it always feels like the end of a movie or something. It doesn't have this great sort of dramatic feel to it. And, um, it's kind of full, cool when these things always come down to some kind of a tiebreaker and stuff. So I, as, as his dad, I was really proud of him because he, that's so he really, he really showed that he deserved to be there. You know, he yeah. wasn't. I mean, when, look, when George, when when George and um, you know, and these other kids don't even make it to the finals or even to semis or you know, you're just like, and they are exceptional, really good. Although David and and George won the doubles, um, for this is the third year in a row. Yeah, they won every year, so that was really cool. And um, even though they were randomly put on a team together again, they won it. Um, that was really happy for them. But um, 
they beat out Anders and Colby's team, which got second, and Colby got third individual. So that was really cool. But um, you know, was another thing was kind of an interesting point. I got one a parent emailed me and was was a little concerned because one of the schools, uh, one of the middle schools, Sierra Madre, which is where we have by far the most kids in the program because it's a, it's a sort of a it's a really an upscale area. It's very high scores, you know, just very high socioeconomic status. So it's it's the kind of it's a school everybody wants to get into. And but nobody gets to go in there because everyone who lives in the area goes to school there. They're not going to go anywhere else. And there is a they do Mandarin dual immersion. So if you're part of the dual immersion program from it's at Field Elementary, which is right there in that area, they all get a spot. So the, there's like three open spots for anyone else in the district to get into or something like ridiculous like that, maybe five. And so if you get into math, if you qualify for Math Academy, everybody's like, okay, oh, Math Academy is your magic. Can we go to Sierra Madre? And I'm like, no. I mean, you could try, but you're not going to get a spot there, right? And so what happens is all of the top kids from all the other 17 other elementary schools, Don Benito and Hamilton and San Rafael and, you know, whatever, they all come to McKinley. So, so we can, so it's almost like Sierra Madre and field versus the district. Mm. And it's like, I don't care, you know, you may have a, an excess number of talented kids and stuff, but not, you're not going to beat the district, right? You're not going to beat everybody. Cause, cause they were, we were, you know, like I said, one of the moms was emailing. She's like, because there's like this conspiracy theories starting between the parents. Like, well, you know, McKinley has some secret computer program they're using, which is <laughs> like one of these crazy things or all these kinds of stuff. And I said, well, it's just, it really comes down to the fact that, you know, we just pull on all these other kids. So, um, but you know, you but know. What was you, the, so what was the, in her email? Well, that was this. She was just wondering because all the parents were like, because you saw the, you saw like the finals. And the, oh, and all the, the finals were from McKinley. Is that what it, is it was? Oh, uh, the the team was all McKinley, all black yeah. shirts. All the green shirts had been knocked okay. out, and that's where all the parents are like, "What the hell's going on?" You know? Yeah. And I said, "Well, part of it is McKinley has smaller. It's an older school with smaller, crappier rooms, but they one thing they do have is uh, more whiteboards on the wall. So, and because they have smaller classes or fewer kids in those uh, that have qualified or at McKinley, we can easily have them up at the boards more often." When you have 24 kids in a class and you have one whiteboard, like at Sierra Madre, you can't do that stuff. So they're not as good. Is there any way to fix that? That's We're going to try and see if we can get some more whiteboards put up. But I mean, I well, what, is there any way to like half the size of the class, for example? Yeah, that becomes a big thing because, you know, when schools and funding, it has to do with like class sizes and what they call full-time, FTE, full-time equivalent teacher, which is 30-some-odd kids. It's It basically screws with their their budgets and staffing when you have small classes because it all gets averaged together. Mm. <clears throat> so probably not. But what's happening this year is like, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've talked about that. Maybe I did, but our sixth grade class, which has been our biggest by far, is 46 kids. Next year, we're going to have 85 kids or more in the sixth grade. Which, and because there, are very, there aren't any more spots at Sierra Madre, they're all at McKinley and Washington. So those classes are going to be much larger, right? So you're going to have to work out how to make it work for these larger classes. That's right. Well, I still think you can do, well, we have whiteboards. I think you still can do that. You just can't have everybody up at the whiteboard at the same time. 
you don't need to have everybody. You can go in groups okay. and say, okay, well, half you guys are doing your notebooks, the other half at the whiteboard, and we'll do a switch in 10 minutes or something. I mean, it's not a big deal. But um, yeah, anyway, the other thing I was going to say is that preparing for this thing was like, it was like two weeks of just <laughs> full-time work. I mean, and it was just, say, I'm going to say it's about 10 o'clock the night before, and, and literally ordering trophies and shirts and registrations <laughs> and oh I mean, God. the amount of stuff and the problems that- I don't think I've seen Sandy as stressed as she was that this last solve. I it think was, it's the most stressed I've ever seen. She her. was stressed and she turned to me, it was 10 o'clock the night before and she's like, never again. We're not doing this again. And I thought she meant never doing solve again. I think she maybe she at the time she meant it, but the next day she's like, we're not waiting to like two or three weeks before to do this. Like this needs to be stuff, a lot of stuff has to be done at the beginning of the year. Yeah. The problem sets, the slides, that stuff should be done in the fall. Like this is all set. Yeah. And we don't worry about any of that stuff. But um, anyway, yeah, it was exhausting. And, and I, were I was like the night before, no, two nights before Alex and I, you know, like, we're sitting here like on a pair program, like working on problems and, selecting them and figuring stuff out because we had we really had i mean like the sixth grade we had 90 problems just for the sixth grade <laughs> i mean that's how many different problems with complete solutions you had to i mean it's just and he goes it's like he said 12 30 and we'd been working on for like 15 hours or something you know, minus lunch and dinner and he goes he goes yeah i um i uh i think um I, uh, I think I need to uh, go to sleep. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I broke Alex. <laughs> I, I completely broke him. And then the next night, it was like one one fifteen, and he just was like... So just, what, what are you going to do? How can you get... The, are you just going to do it over the course of the year, the problems? Yeah, I think what I want to do is, is preset... One thing I haven't done is... Uh, what I should have done is create... like These are the topics that are going to be covered in sixth grade period because last, last this past year was sort of like you generally know what we need to cover just do your thing and then at the end of the year i go through and i look at whatever is covered and i select the yeah. topics that are, and that that's that i don't think the best way to do it best way is to say these are the topics for sixth grade seventh grade and eighth grade and based on those topics that you need to be covering as an instructor we're going to create our solve problems around it and then we create practice like here i'm going to give you a battery of a hundred or some odd problems that are going to be of this type and just make sure kids can solve these problems so you come to us, we don't go to you, and you have plenty of time to prepare. And then based on those problems, we'll go ahead and select out the, uh, well, these are the actual test problems as opposed to practice problems. Mm. And we'll get that all done in the fall. That's You'll have some, a lot of time, and then like order the trophies beforehand. Yeah, and it's a tro that stuff's not such a big deal. Yeah, then it's just yeah. like ordering trophies and t-shirts. That's That takes yeah. a little time, but it's it's not nearly as much work as the other stuff. But. Um, I wanted to ask you about the the online course. Is that you know the the, the business side of things? Do you, yeah. What what's the deal with that? Like how? So Saul how put a big. That's a huge delay on everything. Yeah, of course. That took yeah. us off for like a month, unfortunately. And um, so what we've done is we've um, you know we've broken it onto like what mini courses. And what what I actually had we, Alex and I had a long conversation yesterday about a couple hours we're discussing this and one of the things that we're when we're creating these mini courses we realized that, that they were still a little too long because what happens is i really want courses to be kind of cohesive like it's one thing you're learning triangle trigonometry you are learning you know linear uh, systems linear equations of course yeah yeah and if we do it that way then they can be like two to three weeks typically mm. maybe four weeks at the most 
Okay. So it's it's easier to get through. It's more it's more like it, it's it's like a um, it's because it something is sprawling for months. It's sometimes harder to get through, I think. And then it's easier. It's like you, you know you've done these five courses now. Here's the next one. It feels like it's like badges, right? You, it's I, I, was just, I was just thinking of it in my mind, like it would be like badges. Yeah, that's great. And and then what happens is you do one course and then it unlocks other courses. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is that you could create easier, uh, much easier to create assessments around it. So you could go in and say, okay, I want to do systems and linear equations. And you could take like a five question, like um, a prerequisite, like, do you have the right prerequisites for this? So are you back on track with this stuff? We are, although I, I we're going to try and, and is, uh, have our first stuff at the end of, the, of June. And is there any scenario where you could just release one course? Yeah, I mean, we could, but, um, and and we're finishing up that first course, which is Algebra Preliminaries, which required actually a lot of work because we didn't have a lot of the stuff really formally in place. Um, the other courses that we're creating, I think, is, is it's a lot of refining and cleaning and just sort of, okay, a lot of the stuff fits together pretty well, but it's missing a few topics and we need to combine a couple and some of these questions are kind of weak and just kind of really bring it up to an A-level status where you're like, it just flows. It's at the right level. It's comprehensive, but it's not too much. And um, uh, so that'll be a lot faster. But you know, we're we're going to try to have five courses at the end of this month, um, which, are, which with a lot more of them sketched out, so we can have. So you could imagine this big, big like sort of list or tree of courses, and a lot of them are done, and some are like gray status, like you know, ready in three weeks or yeah. ready, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but by making the courses even smaller, it's just going to make it a little faster so to create this stuff. June, you think you think you'll have a, a release? Yes, I think we can do it. Okay, and do it, and then um, do it. June, I will. I will do it. I want you to do it, man. Yeah, believe I want me, it. I want to too. I, I believe, and that, that's the thing. I sent Alex an email, and I said, "Listen," because he's like, "Oh, you know." We, I don't know what he was talking about. We had a bunch more questions and, and one topic. And he said, maybe we should do is add more practice questions. And I was like, no, no, no. We're not, we're not adding more of anything. I said, we're quickly as we can getting this stuff done. We don't need more practice questions. We don't need more of this. It's like, you know, all this stuff can be done later if we want to, if we decide we need to do something. Appeal it back to the simplest version. That's right. You can. Um, so, but I don't want to release just one course. I want to have... Um, a few, but they're all relatively small, so we can do it. Um, but uh, oh, what I was gonna say about it? Um, yeah, here's the thing. I was like, I was like, the problem is we had before. We were just trying to create a ton of content as quickly as uh, uh, to cover everything, right? We were creating everything from pre-algebra through. We were, yeah, we were talking about this in the last show. Yeah, so. I was like, but we, we cut the teams down and got these more focused and working. We're now we're working on refining stuff more than we are just creating a, a huge amount of content. Um, is how to make people efficient doing that? Because you get if you get too much to bureaucracy, we say, well, you know, we have Alex who kind of sets the overall strategy, and then you have editors who kind of work out certain things and assistant editors, and it's like, you know, and I kept hearing, I kept feeling, like I said, too many of these guys. Or girls, whatever, commenting. Well, we should change this. Just change it. Don't mm. tell someone else to do it. Just fix the damn thing yourself, right? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> Elon Musk. I was reading an article which is pretty much the same thing. Oh, really? He's, he's just sort of saying, look, you know, if you're in a meeting and it, it's not useful anymore, 
just get up and walk out like don't you don't need to apologize just just yeah just do stuff don't don't have big hierarchical structures make decisions get shit done <laughs> that's right so that's and i told alex that and, he, and so i said you know there's a, there's a there's a balancing here because if you spend too much time um doing everything yourself and you don't delegate you don't have any leverage right because it's like yeah, you could have Alec to try to everything himself, but we're going to move as fast as one person great content. Okay, so that's at one extreme, right? So, in the other extreme is that you is that you have multiple levels of people telling other people to do stuff, mm-hmm. and it's that's inefficient. I say like we got to find the right level of efficiency of like, what are you just going to fix yourself versus tell have somebody else fix? I've been I've been thinking about how I would staff this company that I'm building, and what I'm thinking is I I just want people who are like mega just just powerhouses like ge- absolute generalists but who are really good at just lots of stuff and who could just be completely autonomous and if, i mean if i thinking if you have three people like that it could be equivalent of like a, you know a 20 20 person team yeah yeah no i i think you lose a lot of efficiency the more people it takes to get something done it just becomes i think it's really hard to make that efficient i think unless you're doing something that's very rote or something like you know an assembly line of some kind you're talking about like sort of mental work like this. I always wondered about like Netscape versus um, Internet Explorer. Yeah. You know, like why couldn't the Internet Explorer guys make something as good as Netscape? I mean, they have freaking thousands of people working on it, you know. But then that's the reason why, because <laughs> it's yeah. really hard. It's 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 like especially difficult to make something good with thousands of people working on it versus. Just I agree. A few. It was really it was really hard. So. So anyway, we're trying to adapt to that. We've, we've cut the team down in about half. Yeah. But it's still getting people to like be efficient in this new context of what we're doing. And not, I just don't want a bunch of people writing up tasks for other people. Just, you know, like fix the question. You know, it's like, don't write a task for someone to fix three questions. Fix the three questions that tell someone, hey, dude, I fixed your, your crap. Don't make, you know, <laughs> don't do those that again. But that's like, it, that's asking a lot because, because people, because, it takes a lot of life experience to sort of be confident enough to do that. Like, how do you find people like that? Who well, are I, don't, to I do mean, that? I think for us, it just has to be like, you know, we have to tell them this is the new regime. Make stuff, get stuff done as your team as quickly as possible. Do it yourself if you have to. Don't be inefficient. If it takes you 10 minutes to write up a, class, a, a task and you could fix the thing in 10 minutes, just fix it yourself. Well, I'm really interested to see how that works out because my experience is people who don't, you don't have the larger perspective, um, like an entrepreneurial perspective of thinking in all, all the different facets, are very bad at making those kind of calls. I'm, I'm really interested to see. Well, how the good that thing is out. with our system is that I we can see pretty much what everybody's doing, right? Yeah. So we know people. So if I can tell, like you know, and then same with Alex, you know, we can we can stay on top of this. So that's one thing that I'm going to try and do is because like I I want to start pushing these courses out very quickly. You know, we should be able to do like five courses a month. I mean, because again, it's more or less pulling a bunch of topics together, making sure they work together. And you've built a framework. You've built like a foundational yeah. framework to be able to. So yeah, it would be. Yeah. It's, so if it's you like, can start popping them out that speed, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, because I was getting frustrated because I was like, this is. I'm like, how, why is it taking so long to do this? I feel like I could have done this in a weekend. What the hell is but going still, on? I don't know. When when an actual product goes out to actual people. It needs to be polished, and every little part of it needs to be exactly perfect. That's right, and that's one thing I told Alex. I said, you know, because he initially was like, "Hey, you know, so five a month." I don't know. Getting re, oh yeah. So you have to. They have to be. They have to be polished. He and I have to go over every single tutorial, and every single question set, and make sure that everything is right. Because 
I was like, if you have stuff that doesn't work, you're going to suffer for that in a you, big way. Yeah, you need to, to QA have, it. You need to have, QA and B to test it, basically. You're going to have huge numbers of people all complaining about the same thing and kids getting confused. It's like, we can't have that. Some stuff has to be good. And you can't, you know, part of the thing is, even though a lot of our our content developers are, um, they speak English and they're highly educated. They're not native English speakers. <coughs> so sometimes they say stuff in a little bit of an awkward way and you're just like, that has to be fixed. And Alex was pointing that out. He's like, if you have content that looks like it wasn't written by a native English speaker, it just feels lower rent. You know, people look at it and they're just like, oh yeah, this is outsourced crap. You know, so you have to fix that stuff. It means he and I have to go through everything because he and I are the only native English speakers. Everybody else is, you know, Ukraine or Venezuela or whatever. And, um, you know, they're like 98% fluent. Do you need to know math to fix that problem? Yeah, because a lot of times it's like, how do you phrase this math in the way... Because yeah, you do. If you don't, if like you don't speak fluent math, it. it would still you'd say stuff in an awkward way. You, so you would, can't hire an English just you an can't English say in. Editor. You have to say on. You know, on the interval or whatever. You know, you have to, and because math English, you know, they're words that are used in very. They mean a very specific thing. Got it. Okay. In and on or and, like they don't. It doesn't just mean like it's just a way of just loosely describing something. No, there is a technically how you solve the problem specific connotation to what that is and um anyway i mean i'm really excited about it because i think um i think i think the courses are going to be really good um i i'm yeah i'm I'm really excited about it i mean that's um i'm you know i want things to move a little faster and we are trying to move faster but um you know i I don't know it's it's good um what were you gonna say well, Sivalad, so my code bot. Oh, code bot, yeah. He's um he's actually he's been doing a good job because um I've been doing it. I think he's doing a better job because I'm doing a better job. I'm doing a better job of being more specific about the tasks and actually drawing the screens and say this is make it look exactly like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And so a lot of the UI <coughs> stuff has gotten a, a lot a lot better. And right. Alex is like, yeah, man, this stuff is it's a pleasure to use. Like the technology is, is really strong. And, mm. uh, so I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited about writing some code this weekend, although I only have one hand, so we'll see how fast I can write it. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm excited about, you know, doing some stuff. Um, so the Uber IPO has happened. Oh, right. Yeah. How do you uh, feel about that? How was, you know, right. So do you have any inkling of, how it's going to work out for you, or is it just all just well? You know, I mean, shoot? stock prices go up and down. You know, and what it's going to do, I don't know. I mean, I I was a little disappointed that it came out. I thought I thought it was going to be priced a lot higher. I thought we'd be, you know, you know, I'd heard numbers at a hundred billion, one hundred twenty billion, and it mm-hmm. came out at what yeah. sixty or something, right? You know, that's meaningful to me. That affects me that's quite like a bit. That's like fifty percent less than right. you were hoping for, right? right. So. Um, but we'll see where it ends up in six months. I can't sell anything for six so months. So let's say let's say it got to that six-month point. There would be a chance you wouldn't sell because you'd be like, okay, I think that this thing can get to $100 billion, so I'm just going to hold. Yeah, I think the reality is, I think two things. One, timing the market is tricky, so usually it's smart to like scale out, right? So I wouldn't sell it all at one time. Okay. I mean, the chance that I would pick the absolute best time to sell is small. 
unless it's like we're right at the unless there's a recession. How would uh, scaling out technically work? What would maybe I sell the same amount uh, every month for you know six or twelve months? Would that be a percentage? Yeah, you could do it like I mean you could do it any way you want, but you just wouldn't do it all one time. You'd kind of space it out over once a week or once a month or once every you know whatever it is once every three months. I mean, you know you'd at least get in at the average price uh, over the period of time. Given that everyone has this six month thing oh not everyone i mean well a lot of employees yeah so how does it affect it yeah so wouldn't 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 it be like a bad the worst time to start to scale out wouldn't it be better to you have a lot of wait, selling pressure right at that point like wait 12 months and then and then do it could be yeah 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 i mean um so i think i think it'll just be kind of a we'll probably i'll probably sell some and not all and it'll probably spaced out i think is what i'll do and you know, we'll 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 just kind of have to see. I mean, it's not like I absolutely have to have the money or that much right. of it. So it's just take some of it and, you know, see how it goes. The stuff, the ones that you did already um, sell, sell, um, was that at a, at a higher valuation than what? No, it, IPO'd it was at? like at a fifty, okay. fifty billion dollar right. valuation. Right. So it's still higher than when I sold. And I think even before that was even less than that, maybe like a forty and then like a fifty or something. So it's still better. Okay. Um, so that's good. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like we've talked about, you know, lucky to be a part of it. You know, lucky that it all worked out that way. Um, could have worked out completely differently. Um, could very easily. I didn't get any stock. I mean, I was a contractor. I never asked for yeah, anything. Yeah. So we've we've covered all that ground before. So. So what were the what were the other things you wanted to talk about? So MV Code Club. Oh, nice. We How are many? Yeah. opening our sixth club Six. in Mountain View. I think it's open in a couple of weeks or a week or something like that. Maybe it's open. I don't know. The, and um, we were contacted by a national uh, chain of um, shopping centers. So they, and they sent us a proposal. They want us to be in their, um, in their shopping center in San Francisco specifically which is weird because usually we've gone from trying to beg our way into getting into some nice retail space right because we're a nobody nothing company and what the hell is mv code club you know yeah. i mean they want you know the, the 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 known brands and um but they apparently want uh, you know something that's more family you know, you have things for kids, you have things for parents, or other reasons to why, be there. So why are they going to the other guys, like Ucode or whatever? Like, well, why? Ucode has four locations in LA. Why would they? Okay, we have, they're smaller it. than us. Oh, interesting. Which is funny, because they took millions of dollars in <laughs> venture know, funding, I think, yeah, and they're okay. behind us. Yeah, wow. Okay. Which goes to show you that sometimes, well, a lot of times, you raise money and you're going to do worse. So I think, Slow burn. I think with, I mean, I actually spoke with the founder. He's mm. no longer with, them anymore and yeah. i think you know I, i'm not going to go into all the details because you know he didn't give permission to talk about or anything like this but it's but some of the typical things that happen you know you take money you get pressured to spend it you spend it on the wrong stuff you bring in outside people to manage they don't know what they're doing aren't very good necessarily or whatever and you make a lot of mistakes because you drive you're going too fast you're trying to grow faster than premature scaling and the thing with us is that we and I say we really loosely, really Doug and his team. I mean, I'm I'm just chief cheerleader and yeah. you know sounding board and all that. But he, um, you know, he 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 anguishes over every 
detail of what we spend money on and so, turning every knob and trying to figure out how to spend a little less money here and make a little money there and you know learning all those lessons what sort of deal did they did they present oh what, i don't remember the detail i mean i think it was a I think it was a you know good deal. I mean, we've what we've done. See, one of the things we had to learn over time is how to negotiate a good lease. Initially, it would cost us a lot more money to launch a location because, first of all, we didn't have any leverage. I mean, we were, you know, just to get a spot was hard. But um, you know, now we negotiate. They pay the first couple months. They pay for build out. Like we, it, it's much less expensive us for launch, which mm. is important because when, first when you launch, that's when you have the fewest number of paying yeah. customers. Yeah. yeah. So if you can get some of the first stuff covered for you, then it's easier to hit break even, which you've gotten a lot better over time. And then when a company comes to you and says, hey, we would really like you to be in our shopping center, then it's a lot easier for you to say, okay, we'd love to, but here's what we need. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're asking for anything amazing, but it's yeah. like, help us get going. So that'll be our seventh. <laughs> and um, it was funny, you know, we were talking about, we're raising that off of debt. So we had... I guess our Redwood location, he raised, he borrowed some money. He did, he got a loan from his father-in-law. And we had a fixed interest rate and a payment schedule. It was a, it was a formal loan. And that that was finally paid off this month, like three or 36 month loan. And so we were talking about, you know, just doing some growth through debt, either financing either bank loans or whatever. And I, my buddy, John Chen, who, by the way, has called, tried to call me twice during our podcast, um, who I, Chen, Chen and I went to um, UFC together. And so, same with Doug and I. So we're all, you, you, you know, um, classmates. And um, he, uh, I, Chen had, has, has done well and was like, he's told me, he's like, hey, I'm looking to put some money in some things. Keep me, keep me posted if you think of anything. And so I, 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 so I told him, I said, look, we're looking for some short-term debt financing. I think we can get you a decent interest rate and if you're interested and hook it up. But the problem is Jen was like, well, you know, he wanted like convertible debt. And as Doug's like, no, we're we're not giving any equity away. We're just, we'll pay a, we'll pay you a good interest rate. And, you know, we're pretty l- low risk. I mean, we've, you know, you can look over the last five years, what our cash flow is and everything. So, but it turned out that he just went and talked to his father-in-law again, who, because his father had, he got paid back. He got the interest rate he wanted. Why not do it again? And yeah. so we got a better interest rate. So that's all done. So that'll finance the launch of this second San Francisco location. But um, I think we're going to try and launch an eighth. Um, in a isn't there enough um, sort of revenue to sort of help launch something? There is, but but we can grow a lot faster with a little bit of debt financing. Got it. Right? Okay. Because every location that we bring on improves our overall margins. Yeah. Because the every location itself is profitable. So Just it's like, like the Monopoly. Fast- mm? Just like Monopoly. Like you've got to get, you know, an extra little piece, turn a house into a hotel on more squares. Every square you get a house on, you've got more income. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not rocket science, it's, <laughs> but it, it takes a while to get the thing off the yeah. ground. But the more of these sort of, I always think of it as like command and conquer. It's like the more of these miners you get going, then the more <laughs> miners you can buy. So yeah. get as many miners you can. But you don't want to get is, is you know a term that Doug uses, which I like, is we don't want to get ahead of our skis because you get if you do got too much debt and then you maybe you have a bad year or two and now you yeah. now you're in trouble. So it's don't get greedy. You want to you want to magnify your growth with some, you know, hopefully debt financing, reasonably priced, 
that'll help you grow grow a lot faster. But yeah, you just don't want to. You get you know debt debt can be dangerous. You got to be careful. And he's pretty conservative. But if we can get, I would like to get to eight by this fall. And that will that means we'll have added three this year, and then shoot to maybe open four next year, and then maybe six or something the year after that. And so we just kind of grow faster and faster. You know, that's awesome. So we'll see. So yeah, if we could have, if we opened four next year, that would be 12 at the end of 2020. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. All from that $75,000 investment. Yeah. it will be pretty good. That's crazy. You know, but, you know, and, and we've, we had looked into franchising, which of course I don't like at all. Cause you make like five cents in the dollar. And I think that's a losing, I think in, there are certain instances where, where, you know, maybe franchising is the right choice but yeah i watched us. the founder by the way you told me about that movie it's good right yeah a really good movie really interesting really good it's funny it's funny that the the sort of ray Kroc gets such a bad you know press right. but honestly i i did sort of feel for him like i liked ray i think I, he was i felt i him. thought there was sort of look those two guys the um the who started the original mcdonald's the perfectionist guy they weren't ever gonna go past one restaurant yeah. I mean, that was it, you know, and then I, and then they made like a ton of money. So it's like, what are you, you were never, ever, ever going to start this national brand yeah. Yeah, exactly. ever. So the fact that you made a million dollars and got to have like your own perfection, like what's the beef? What's the problem? You know, I mean, you, you, you know, there was well, the thing so that fun. I thought the, the thing that I felt was a problem was um, the one, the, the one thing that I feel like that he did do bad uh, that just wasn't honorable was um, the handshake deal on on the percentage yeah no, that's they, not they, cool. they truly should have got that percentage you know they should be should be receiving that percentage right now because at the end of the day they did create it like it, it, it wouldn't be possible without their... well the, the stupid thing that they did they should have just walked out of the meeting they it was a deal they could have oh, they should they yeah, yeah they, they said well they said, well i tell you what you put it on paper and we can but we'll here's summer. the weird thing they had so much historical evidence that he was not going to want that deal why did they do a handshake yeah, deal so it's it? sort of like you know, on the one hand, they get a million dollars, and this is back in like the early '70s, so that's like you know, a million dollars each, right? I don't remember, but yeah. even still, it was a huge sum of money, and and and, and um, for them, so it's not like he just stole there; they still made them rich. Yeah, um, but they could easily have walked out and said, "Ray, you know, frankly, I'd be a lot more comfortable once on paper. So once you do get approved by Lizards, yeah. then we'll do it. Otherwise, the deal's off." But I feel like there was a whole bunch of pent-up frustration for him, like they, them just not allowing him to do anything to test any entrepreneurial idea yeah. was yeah. really ridiculous on their part. Like they, yeah. they, they truly could have been so much more wealthy, all of them. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's no, funny. It's, it's true. It's a good show. But um, why, did I, why did I bring that up? I don't have an because you were people. talking about franchising. That's why I brought yeah, it up. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't believe in the franchising thing. I think in the end that uh, we'll be much more successful. I mean, because if you make five cents in the dollar, then, you know, we're going to, we'd have to have, you know, a huge number just to even get the equivalent of what one location would make for us. I mean, I've got one word that says you don't need to franchise. Starbucks. Are they, Starbucks is not franchised? Yeah, yeah. They do. They own the whole thing. And they're huge. Yeah, very, very, I very. Think, I think franchise is often sort of like this get rich quick scheme. People want to make money without doing as much work. And, I don't know. I think, yeah, there are there more efficient ways to do things? Yes. But I think, I generally believe in like, do a good, you know, do a good job, control the growth yourself. I think in the end, you get a better long-term company. That sounds great. I mean, you yeah. like, you'll have 12 by end of 2020? 
That'd so be pretty awesome. good. It's pretty good. So you've got a lot of a lot of different. Uh, uh, what's the word? Iron Plans. You've got Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D. There's a lot of stuff that's going to make ensure that you are living. Oh, you talking about the, the Jason Roberts? Yeah. Uh, portfolio or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got like you've got a lot of stuff. A few going different on. things. Yeah. Well, the other thing is the uh, trading. Yeah, right. So what's, finally what's fixed that problem. I think the last time we spoke, I was still struggling. Bad data from Bit from. Well, it turned out that that was uh, my mistake. I was validating the order book structure uh, in an incorrect way because, like, you would get these update messages, and it would contain multiple updates as one message. And I would validate the book structure after every individual update, where you really had can only you had to apply all those changes before you validated it. And I didn't understand that, and it didn't occur to me that that wasn't the way you would do it. And um, same thing at Michael Rakita, who's the who's the one who's sort of been the texting listener who uh, Crypto IQ, who's been helping me out a little bit, giving me some advice on this stuff. And he said he had done the same thing initially. So when I was complaining, I'm like, "What am I doing wrong?" He's like, "Oh, are you doing this?" And I was like, "Oh crap!" And he's like, "Yeah, I did the same thing." So. Um, so yeah, it's one thing I think it's, I did was pretty cool. So the way it works is that we collect the raw data for all of the pairs on one of the exchanges, right? But it's a lot of data. So what we do is it's all saved on the server hard drive. And then after the end of every day, I have a cron script that goes through and um, zips it all up individually. And, and then copies them to a shared Dropbox directory so that... Um, James and I can access the data for testing or whatever we want to do. But because it has smart sync, it doesn't actually copy it to my, unless I touch the file. It okay. doesn't download it. So it doesn't take up any. But the Dropbox directory, I have like the, I don't know, was it $50 a month or $30 a month? It's yeah. unlimited storage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got, I've got that same thing. So it doesn't, it, it, that's what, that's where I keep the texting shows because it's like 332 of them or whatever. Yeah. And I, keep, of, I keep them all in an unsynced directory where it it is on Dropbox, but it's not on my computer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really ha I thought I, I'm really happy with that solution. I thought I I thought I was like I was proud of myself. Like yeah, this is good. The Dropbox because it's like how when am I going to stick stuff in like S3 and then how are you going to access it? It was just like there was no like sort of human uh, an easy way for a human to interact and get the data. What about the trading side of it? Well, we're not there. We have to collect months of data before we can really. Okay, so you ha you haven't even started playing with no, algorithms. Although yet. he's been building out the research infrastructure, you know, obviously he spent many years doing this, and so he's building out like his ultimate research infrastructure based on all the lessons learned over years. And he he just he just emailed me like, hey, we should do some like code reviews on this stuff that I built, and I want to show you how the stuff works. So he's excited to kind of get me involved in the research side. Um, but remind I have I've been sort of like, okay, let me just get this other stuff working first. Just remind me how close the connection he is. Is he? Like nothing's going to go wrong on a. No, James is a friend. He's a personal okay. friend. James good, is a good. great guy. He um, yeah, okay. well, he first came on the show because he was the director of research for a trading firm that my buddy Ken worked for. And Ken, Ken, yeah, Ken, who was a friend of mine, right? He he told James about our show, and James started listening to it and thought it was a cool show. And he's like, "You should come on Texing. I think you know it'd be a great conversation." And then he did, and then. Um, then James and I used to be kind of friends with that. And every time I would go up to San Francisco, the three of us would have lunch. Nice, yeah. And then, and then Jane, um, even after Ken moved away, <clears throat> his wife was getting her PhD in, in history, and so they were, you know, had to move. But um, James and I would, um, 
grab lunch and dinner, and then we've we've stayed at their place for a few days. I mean, they they're they're we're you know they've come down here, we all hang out. So they've become family friends. So James is just a great guy. So that's the key. I think a lot of stuff is like get in partnerships with people who you really really like. Yep. Like Doug and Jane. You know, these are people who I just I think are great people. Makes yeah. That's the and not, it happens also. They're super smart and talented and lots of skills. So it's like okay, that's the perfect. Perfect thing. Mm. So with, the only problem with James, though, is I feel a little bad because I have not put in quite as much time as I need to. So I need to. I think he's putting in a little more effort than I, and I need to kind of dig in because I, I don't want I don't want him feeling like I'm not carrying my side. It's just that I have. Yeah. I, it, it's just with all the solve and math just, academy. And so I'm going to kind of lean in hard um, yeah. over the next weeks and really get some more stuff done so that i think he so he's feeling good i mean he's never said anything he's always been really cool but i i don't want him to feel good and be like yeah jason is he's doing he's he's doing some good stuff but i think it'll be fun i and on top of everything it's just like the reason i mean i invested in mv co-cub for two reasons one because i thought it would work i understood the business i believed in the business but i really liked doug and it was like okay this will give me a reason that we have to talk and hang out all the time because i just you know, as adults, our busy lives, you don't have time to just call and talk to your friends all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, you might have one friend or two you talk to, but everyone else, you'd like you talk to them once there's six months or a year and you have to do this. So what have you done this year? And it's sort yeah, of, yeah. and, and, uh, so with, but with Doug, it's like, we talk every, I'd say maybe once. It's every good. Two, it's good to two. have uh, like, yeah, a, a working reason. I agree with that. Yeah. And, and, and James is the same thing. It's like, we have working on a project together. Yeah. So I'm, um. I really, I'm, I'm really um, happy about that. It's fun. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, everything is kind of it. Then now it's just get my elbow back. And I hope that gets better soon. I mean, are you? Have, can you go in the pool with that? No, I can't get it wet. Have you been in your pool yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. When Alex, um, and Alex and Kremi were here, you know, we we did some swimming. Oh, nice. And uh, of course, the girls are out there. We have the water. They have the the rock formation water <laughs> slide and the hot tub and all that kind of stuff. So they really had fun with the. It was kind of crazy, and you know, we got the dog running around and the baby and the pool. It's like you know, they, so they. Did you do barbecue for them? You know, we didn't. Uh, we didn't do any barbecue. But it was part of a reason I think it was just we were so busy with solve that we just didn't have time to do some of that stuff and then yeah. they stayed for a few days and then they went up to santa barbara for four days and came back and it was just and then i tell you man when having as you know having like a year old baby mm -hmm. it's crazy could walk running around everywhere it's like i mean between kemi and kremi and alex just trying to stay on top of the kid it's like oh my god yeah it's just like you can't do anything i mean i felt bad for him <laughs> i was like say after he left they like whoo glad we don't have those anymore <laughs> wow wow oh, that's like, a lot you're of just, work you're on suicide watch 24 oh, 7 God. so 14 months is walking right so it's oh like, yeah you know he's walking and like on the edge of like just it's the, it's killing the, themselves it's the hardest the it's, it's yeah. that when they first start to watch some walk somewhere in that eight nine ten month to year and a half it's, it's the hardest time because that the time when they're still waking up multiple times a night and they're walking around <laughs> i mean and they run and it's just uh <laughs> I mean, Kremi, I just couldn't even, I was just like, I mean, the kid's a good kid. I mean, like, it's, it's just, that's what happens. Oh, yeah, age. that's every, every kid. I'm just like, yeah. So it was nice having him here, you know, but um, at the same time, you're just like, glad we don't have one of those. But, um, yeah, so what, you have another thing to talk about. No, no, I, I think uh, I think we should, we should uh, close it down. Wrap it up? Yeah. 
two hours, I think, is a good is a good benchmark. This, well, cool. We'll try and do another one in a couple of weeks. I mean, Saul threw us off a little bit, but we'll do another. And also, let's do an. I think we'll do an interview with. Uh, hope we'll Gabe. Yeah, if we do soon. an interview with with Gabe, um, then we can knock one out between the next show. If you can get that within the next. Yeah, week. Yeah, let's see if we can get that, and then we'll yeah. try and maybe get one with, with Sean, maybe sometime in the next six weeks. And sure. yeah. You know, I, I I don't want to commit to like something every week, but you know, we we get some interviews in there. I mean, there, we just have some good interview opportunities. It might be it might be a shame not to take advantage of it. Right, them. right. Even though I get really lazy sometimes, and I'm just like, ah, screw it. All right, all right. That's a wrap. We're out.